What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 40. As usual, here with my resident homies, Casey, Joel, and Joseph. I'm Anthony. This week, oh, thank you to all the subscribers. Dude, shit's growing. I love it. Uh, we're at like 800 something. Let's let's try and make this thing a thousand by the end of this summer, dude. You guys keep telling your friends, dude. I'm seeing the surges. I love it. So subscribers, thank you. All the new subscribers, thank you very much. Uh, Apple Podcast listeners, all the we should get. I, I've been hearing a lot about Spotify lately, so we need to look into that. Everybody's like, where are you at on Spotify? So we'll be getting into that soon uh calidef.com all that good shit but this week we got a fucking awesome dude an old homie of mine the, one of the first people that i you know came across in the pound crew you know uh him and his wife would be at, at regulars at every show that i was and and we, we we just fucking hit it off their friends he was friends with severed you got vile osmium Fucking all these crazy bands that I was watching, seeing coming up and shit. So fucking Jeff Hugel from currently Six Feet Under. What's up, dude? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, first off, we'll say the last name is Huel. Sorry, uh, bro. We didn't know that. Wrong right, my it's whole all life. I, <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. You know what? I, was, I, I literally was going back and forth with it because I was like, I don't really remember how to say it, but it sounds like it would be like, Huel, but I still want Hugel, dude. My bad. All good. People do. I do. Everybody butchers my last name all the fucking time, dude. So I got Trapini, Trampanzi, fucking. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was Hug Hell. That's how I was expelling. A lot of people think that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like the name Hugh, and then you just add an E L L. Oh, I see Hugh in there now. Okay. I looked at that's how that's how I would have you know that's how I was reading it, and I was like, I've heard people say Hugh. What what country is that from? Like, what's the language? It's Welch. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. Nice, dude. Well, fuck yeah. This is fucking sick. I, you were always one of the, the guys that I knew that I wanted to have on because I love the pound stories. Bay Area, you know, were you native Bay Area? Um, I was born in uh, Orange County, actually, but I oh, okay. here when I was four years old. So, I mean, I basically grew up in, in the East Bay. Yeah. Okay, sick, dude. And uh, so how long from the East Bay, how long were your drives to the pound? Um, So when we met, I was probably living in San Jose. I moved to San Jose um, when I met my wife 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we've been together for exactly 20 years. So sick, dude. Congratulations. Thank you. Fuck yeah, dude. So um, what we usually do is we want to go back to the beginning with you. Take us through your whole journey dude you know when all this i mean start with i mean you could start before music you could start with music it it, that's where we like to start and just fucking go off from there dude okay um wow so um you know like a lot of people the way that i started listening to metal and music was i had an older brother and so um we shared a bedroom until i was like 10 years old so anything that he was listening to you know i was subjected to so that's how i got into you know in the early days it was like hair metal and guns and roses and stuff like that and then um slayer came in when i was probably like eight years old so i listened to slayer metallica and and what year was that what year was Uh, that 88 nice yeah so i remember like hearing um 
you know, South of Heaven, Raining Blood, stuff like that. Um, and of course, Metallica, uh, Master of Puppets, I think was the first one that I heard. So that was the, my first thing with metal. And then I didn't start playing until 93 when I was 13 years old. And Cliff Burton was basically the reason I started playing bass in particular. So bass was the first instrument. I played guitar for about a month and then okay. realized that I'd probably rather play bass. Nice. I like that. I fucking, I, bass players need to get more fucking credit. I know there's a lot of bass players that get credit, including yourself in metal, but it's like the rhythm section of the song is the whole fucking foundation of that shit, dude. And the bass players in some of these bands, I think get, you know, I, overshadowed by other things that people look for because they don't really look into music like that and look for what the rhythm section is and just feeling the bass, dude. The fucking bass is so sick. I agree. And I think a lot of it also has to do with the production on most albums and that the bass player really has to like fight to have his bass be up in the mix and obviously have good bass lines, you know, that, that mm -hmm. make sense that are going to make, you want to hear it more in the music, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of good bass gets buried. And I mean, you know, like I was saying, Cliff was the reason I started playing and you listen to those old albums and the bass isn't loud or anything. It was the videos like watching Cliff them all and, and all those old clips that you would actually hear the bass and tell that there's something really amazing going on. What was that story about like ride the lightning didn't have any bass. Was it right? Justice for all the justice for all. Justice for all. Um, well, that, that was after, Cliff died, obviously, that's Jason Newstead, but mm -hmm. um, I think, you think that, that was a conspiracy. Like they left Jason lower on purpose because he wasn't Cliff. I don't know. I think that's definitely it. I think that um, that it was kind of symbolic of what happened. There's you know, a the video. absence of Cliff. We're just going to yeah. like, because Lars, I, I heard some story that the bass was already really low in the mix. And then Lars came in and was yeah. like, there's a video it down it. much more. Yeah, yeah. There's the, there's a video on YouTube of the producer or like the engineer or whatever. Um, right. Not the engineer, more like, uh, but basically, you know, like, and he, he talks about it and like Lars came in and kept telling him to turn the bass down and, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. And then uh, Lars saw him a couple of years ago and then said something to him like, why was the bass so low on that album? <laughs> to the engineer, <laughs> like, to Newstead. You're the one that told me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, obviously, Casey says there's there's obvious footage of him doing it. So how can he be asking that question, dude? Right. Exactly. Trip. That's so weird to be like. Well, there's footage of the guy talking about it. Imagine being Jason Newstead, though. You know, it's like you're fucking never fully uh, accepted as a full member of Metallica. You're just like this append, this like extra like tied on yeah. appendage or something that kind of keeps things going. But I mean, Cliff is Cliff, dude. So, well, if, shout out to Jason. He kind of came into the band at a bad oh, time no for the band, and then he kind of like by Black Album was was landed down as a solid member. And like his backup vocals were always super sick. I don't know. Totally, yeah, it's just like he's, almost he's doing great. like death metal vocals. On it's that just stuff. weird that in the Metallica camp, they probably never called him like a full member of metallica he's i remember like, saying like seeing in the documentaries and stuff they're like jason's always always the new guy like he's on you mm -hmm. know 10 he's in a decade in the band like we still call him the new guy like they like yeah they, you know, yeah, he took the, a lot the, of shit i think yeah yeah the the razzing the what, what do you call it? like when you join a fraternity or whatever that like you know hazing hazing, hazing kind of right. like 
yeah. they kept that going until he i mean probably kind of mellowed out before he left but uh yeah they kept that going for a long time yeah, it sucks because sure. injustice for all is such a good album like like Black such a good album Eagle. it's like just it's crazy it's like yeah. super sick so but there there are mixes also like online that like on youtube and stuff that have the bass all cranked and shit right yeah it's kind of cool I, I remember trying to listen to that album like on good headphones or a good system or whatever and you just can't hear any bass on that at all mm -hmm. like i can't so, tell them so as a cliff fan and then this new guy comes in and then you're like i want to hear some bass and then there's no fucking bass it's like as a bass player who just loves metallica that must have been definitely a fucking hit like oh dude i don't remember it being a thing back then but you know yeah <laughs> yeah we probably didn't have ears for it back then on that you know that you uh you're not really missing the bass because there's like eight layered guitar tracks that are just huge so yeah, yeah. and the triggers that was like the first one with triggers on the kick drum right I had that huge kick drum yeah know? oh yeah so, so that you, yeah so that's like eight that's like or 13 years old you're starting to play bass <laughs> Yep. Um, so I, I went through kind of some, uh, some weird phases. You know, I, I got into, um, in high school, I got into jazz band because I wanted to be able to play music at school and, you know, have a class like that. So I, I started getting into playing upright bass and sight reading music. And for a while, I really got into more like jazz and progressive stuff. And that's kind of how I got into the whole progressive kind of like virtuoso playing stuff. Yeah. And I, and I kind of really was leaning towards that for maybe two years or so before I got back into metal. And, um, you know, I was always a huge Pantera fan. Nice. And I think one of the things that got me back into metal was hearing death. Sick. And like, that wasn't something that my brother had listened to. So when I heard it and I heard, uh, you know, like um, individual thought patterns and Fuck yeah, really all everything from human on you know i like the earlier records but everything from human on was just so progressive that and yeah dude i it say wasn't that really too. like normal death metal it was it was i respect else. all that early shit too and i listen to it and i do find great parts of it and i love rocking out to it but really my death is human on yeah that's where i really fucking that's my death you know mm -hmm. yeah definitely so that was that was a huge inspiration listen to that and um so I, I was always into you know the thrash stuff and stuff like that and i never really listened to death metal um i remember i had a buddy that showed me cannibal corpse and um you know i i liked it and i i had seen it i had just seen it on ace ventura and i was like i was like wow this is brutal you know like i love the hammer smash face but mm -hmm. um i didn't totally get into it and um it wasn't until I auditioned for Vile that I actually started listening to death metal. No so shit. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I tried out and I was like, yeah. So what, how old are you at that time? Uh, I tried out for Vile when I was 18. Okay. So how? tell us how you, if you weren't really into that style, into like straight up death metal, how is it that you come across the dudes in Vile and get the opportunity? So I had a, the, one of the guys that showed me death actually originally um, I ran into him at the gas station or something. And he's like, I just went and saw uh, deicide last night and this band vial opened up and they were like better than deicide. It was like the best local band I've ever seen and saying all this stuff. And so 
that day I went to Guitar Center and there's this, remember you used to go to Guitar Center and there'd be like a board that had all these ads. Yep. And so it was like, vile, looking for bassist. And I was oh, like, shit. what? So I literally took it off the wall so nobody else would see it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it took all the, you took all the pull-off tabs? I just pulled the whole thing. <laughs> no, I still have it. It didn't have any pull-off things. It just had the phone number. Yeah, nice. I still have that somewhere like in a box or something. Sick. Um, so yeah, I just called him up and uh, went and tried out. And it was definitely... Um, there were parts that are, were above my technical ability at that time. So is that but, the first, that, that jam was the first time you met Mike Hammy, Mike Hamilton? Yeah, that was, I remember that was the first time I'd ever heard a trigger, like on a drum Sick. set. I came in and I'm like, how the fuck does the bass drum sound like that? <laughs> I'd never heard anybody playing double bass that fast either, you know, at that yeah. point, um, right in front of me. So, um, yeah, and, and Colin, you know, he gave me a couple... I was like, yeah, I'm not that into death metal, you know, but I told him what I was into and he gave me a couple albums and one of them was uh, Pierce from Within. And I was like, holy shit, like, why have I not been listening to this? Um, I had seen the name Suffocation before, but I just never really listened to him. Yeah. And I was blown away. And I, I mean, still, that's one of my favorite death metal albums ever. Yeah, I think that's really just champion. I think all, all guests eventually bring up Mm-hmm. Pierce from within. So point, we dude. don't even bring it up, and they bring it up on their own. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually, I've been meaning to make a pa- a blog post about this. I actually got all the transcripts from all the episodes Damn. and searched through all of them to see how many hits of Pierce from Within there were. Really? And I actually wow. need to do some correction of the transcripts because I don't think the word Pierce from Within always gets picked up correctly by the youtube we say pierce yeah we just say pierce but but it's it is like ubiquitous like every episode it's master of puppets and pierce from within and we're like 20 (laughs) minutes in and we got them both already so yeah yeah, you're you're par for the course man keep going yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so that that was it you know and i you know i practiced my face off like i always did before and um you know got got the songs down and um, that was the first big shows I played. I think the second show I played with them was at the Maritime Hall, uh, sold out with Morbid Angel, Nile, um, us, and then I think Malediction opened, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. So, and sold out Maritime Hall, like, and the big part was, I don't know, 2,000 people or something like that. So, Damn. where was that hall? Maritime Hall in San Francisco. Oh. Uh. I, probably, I don't know. Never heard of it. Probably closed in like 2003 or four would be my guess. Yeah. It's probably it right around the time the pound opened. Good timing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And then, you know, we did the Milwaukee metal fest. We did a, a tour in 99 um, with phallic carnage and um, drawn and quartered. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. And, uh, a couple kind of like a mini tour with immolation and uh, that ended with the uh, November to Dismember in San Antonio. And that was like SOD, Morbid Angel. I can't even remember all the bands, but it was a really, really amazing lineup. Sick, sure. dude. So that's like, and those are your first experiences being on stage. Yeah. First that's experience. awesome. Would you dude. say that, because I, I, my brother, you know, he's comes from an older generation, got me into death metal as well. But he was talking about, um, you know, death metal in the 90s and stuff and how 
it was like fucking huge back then for a little while, right? It was like you said, two thousand people at Maritime Hall. Like he said, like every show that was coming through that was like a a DSI Morbid Angel, some you know something to that caliber, would be like fucking sold out like everywhere for like mid to late nineties for a little while. Right. So I remember that Morbid Angel package, but it was just Morbid Angel and Nile, and this was like um, on you know the the first Nile album or um, among the Catacombs. I think they had one before that. But anyway, so it was just two bands on that package and they, I think they sold out the Cactus Club in San Jose. Then they mm. sold out the Maritime Hall. And then the next night they sold out the Cocodry in San Francisco. Dude, it's like, could you even imagine a tour doing San Jose and then San Francisco? That's a mini days? tour just in the Bay Area, dude. And yeah. you sell it all out. Yeah. And now the barrier just gets skipped most of the time. It, yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's sad, really. It's Yeah, they're all going to, to Sacramento now. It's all... Because yep. you know it, everyone left. <laughs> like, well, the, I mean, they right. got the smaller, more underground venues up there that are still hungry to get packages coming through. It's no, there's no small spot in the city that wants to take anything amb- ambitious, you know. Right. But last time I saw Joel was in uh, Sacramento that I drove all the way there to see uh, Rivers of Nile. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Was it a- Holy diver. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That that that's a a very cool. I mean, Sacramento's got a bunch of cool little venues like that. That I mean, like I've talked about many times on here. They just randomly you'll show up on a Tuesday, and it'll be like fucking sold out. You know, you like all of a sudden you're like, fuck. Luckily, I know the guy here, or else I wouldn't get a ticket in. You know, it's like, you know, basically Sacramento is kind of the thriving kind of old school Bay Area spot now. You know, because everyone it's more you know reasonable to live there. You know. So I mean, it's more... new school with the old school vibe, like how things were put it's together. Still, I would say then. it's a new school vibe. You know, it's it's definitely no, different it's than new back school, in the day. but with the old school. You see, oh okay. But I thought like the <laughs> DIY shows <laughs> and the small about. venues. You know that yeah, type yeah, of yeah. shit. Having the community, like yeah, there's that. like everyone. You go to those shows. It's kind of like you know going to. I guess you could kind of relate it to the pound where you go there and you know 15 20 people that are there you know it's just like That's, the same that was a guarantee if you yeah. if you went to the pound you're regular you're going to end up running into people that familiar faces like jeff and his wife constantly yeah. i knew jeff and his wife would be at every show i went to it would it so was your, your wife worked at the pound right am i correct my, with that? my sister-in-law so my wife's sister-in-law sister. okay 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 got it got it she uh brutally kicked me out backstage with suffocation <laughs> once and embarrassed me <laughs> I just what thought about do? that the other day. What did you do? I, I don't I, Tell I, the story. Was I was like me. It was so he me. didn't do anything. Yeah. Were you uh, there for you that? Were just a guilty by association. No, but, no, she told me that she felt bad about it, but he was just hanging out with everybody else. And for yeah. some reason, she thought that Joel was just like some outsider that didn't belong in there. It was just like, <laughs> yeah. Later, dude. Like, yeah. And it was like me, Terrence, and Derek hanging out or something in the backstage. And I just got like, and and Derek's wearing an odious Mornum shirt. <laughs> I'm like, and like, I'm just, ba- and I just get like completely cussed out. Like, what the fuck? You and like, to the point where like Derek and shit like thought I did something wrong. They were like, maybe thought I did something in, inside or something that was bad. So they distanced like, instead of backing right. you up? No, because I got like, she let me have it. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm in trouble. Like, am I in trouble now? What's going on? Like, I have no idea what was going on. I was like, oh shit. Well, I guess I'll go back well, to... Well, when people are in work mode, you know, she's she's just... No, I know, I know. Down, I know. Dude. No, I, I, you know, I... Even the next day, I wasn't like... I was just like, that was crazy. Huh? I didn't really like... I wasn't like, fuck her. I was like, oh shit, I was backstage. I didn't have any kind of credentials I got, or anything. I got caught with a fake idea at the pound 
I had one oh, that shit. scanned and uh um you know the big heavy set white dude that would always get the door i forget his name yeah, i can't remember his name but, I know but exactly. he you know he was he was one of the security guys that he he would have good nights and bad nights and if you go enough you would experience both you know and i caught him on a bad night and i think that fake id was just a little too thin compared to most other ids and he kept on <laughs> and then he was like nope dude this isn't real and i was like fucking scan it dude i'm like 19 years old fucking scan it it'll fucking scan he's like nah dude nah i'm keeping this and i'm like fuck dude so at the i literally held out all night without drinking and that the at the end of the night i was like dude i need to drive home dude can i have my id back and he fucking gave it to me but it's wow. just like ah oh, dude i'm like literally it's so funny to look back at myself at that age and be like you were being an asshole about a lie you're lying to this dude right now yeah. but you're getting mad yeah. at him for catching you in your lie it's so uh, stupid. Well, one thing about the pound, too, I always noticed is that, you know, I was, you know, obviously it was kind of pretty hardcore security there. And even to the point where right before I played there, they were just being dicks to me. And, and then we played a we played a set or something. Might have been the Necrophagia show. I forget. But we played a set. And then um, all the guys that were dicks to me were like, oh, let me take all the stuff to your car. And they were like super nice to me <laughs> from then on. Like I got just res like I got respected in there. You Isn't know? that like, weird? How there's yeah, they look at you different. You're a fan or a band. Like, yeah. Yeah. They were just like whatever local a opener. Like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then uh, after that show, I remember they helped me dr like take the fucking base cab, the humongous one to the truck and like load yeah, it all for me. That and was their apology, dude. Yeah, I was. No, I, I saw what was going down, but I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm in now, dude. I'm fucking <laughs> sick now, dude. <laughs> That's a good feeling. The first time you play at the pound. Well, actually, that wasn't the first time we played. But yeah, just being on the pound stage, dude, you're like, fucking, I'm, I'm on the home turf, dude. Yeah. I'm playing for the home team right now. It's exactly. like getting a fucking football gig or something. I'm, I'm fucking, I played this you, game, dude. You made the team, dude. Basketball, sorry. But yeah, no. So I mean, uh, Jeff. So you joined Vile. So you, did you? Were you? Uh, was Stench of Redemption out yet? Or Stench was that the deceased? Stench of the deceased. Of the deceased. Shit. What's Stench of? That's a DSL. So um, it it was not out when I joined the band. And, okay. Um, but the bass, you know, like everything was already done for it. So oh, okay. I actually played the uh, CD release show, and you know, you know, supported the whole album as it came out and all that stuff. But um, I was never actually on a Vile album okay there was there was a couple demos for relapse that we did it was like some um, compilation album mm -hmm. but um yeah i kind of got screwed out of playing on the next album but whatever yeah yeah that <laughs> happens um but yeah go i was gonna say go back to the pound i remember one thing i remember is um you know because my sister-in-law worked there mm -hmm. there'd be like some huge line for a show and all the security guards knew me like family so they'd just like walk up everyone's in this huge line just walk up with my wife and just VIP. Walk yeah yeah um uh, one one thing i was going to mention going back a little bit further is um when i was in high school i was in this band vengeance that was my high school band mm -hmm. and so uh, we would play shows locally um like in danville at the vets hall mm -hmm. and um there was this band you fucking hippie <laughs> fh have you ever heard of this band no no Kind of what turned out to be um, Antagony, All Shall Perish. So oh, okay. Ben Oram was in it. Um, so, yeah, so it's weird. Some of those guys, like I see them and it's like, oh, yeah, you fucking hippie. Remember? I never remember you. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, that's, uh that's part of the the i mean so also parish guys that's that's kind of like i mean there was like animosity all shall perish well before all like, shall perish a couple of those guys used to be in a band <laughs> called end of all that okay. was a that was a i thought i thought i, thought, I thought was gonna say perish. that well, was you, before they got the new name basically yeah and what were you, what, what let, let's see what you really thought i was gonna say joel Oh no no, because you just went and took a piss. But I thought you were gonna say you fucking hippie and just you know, start laughing. <laughs> but you did. <laughs> no, so yeah, they used to be like a more skinless style band where it was like more slammy almost, and they had a, a demo and they were called End of All back then. Actually, I think they even opened up for Skinless when they came through, and it was like all that New York, almost New York style slamming. And actually, the first All, All Shall Perish record kind of had some vibes of that, too. Yeah, yeah, with that, um, that big singer. Malice Revenge. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was a really good one. Um, totally. Yeah. Still had the same vocalist as, uh, end of all, too. That was. It wasn't like a humongous yeah. dude, right? Like a big old He was a big, big guy. Dude. Yeah. 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 Throwing it down, though. That was, yeah, one of those local openers that nobody's going to find a copy of their shit. I don't even know if it's on YouTube just right. demos dude yeah could be yeah so, so we cut, where are we cut at jeff off i forget so, <laughs> sorry uh <laughs> i'm like oh now we got to go through all these other millions of bands or something yeah i know <laughs> from what <laughs> you've seen at that just, scene, just I start over imagine dude. yeah <laughs> so so vile what comes after vile maybe yeah. so after vile um i moved to arizona for a while i went to this uh the conservatory of recording arts and um, when I came back, uh, that was when Mike had left Vile to join Deeds. And um, they were trying out drummers. And then whatever happened, it, it basically didn't work out. I didn't end up staying in the band. Um, and then I, I kind of joined or formed with this band, Mucus Membrane. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Fuck yeah. Um, and so that was with um, my buddy Rob, who used to be in Cypheria and Osmium. Um, and he's actually how I met my wife, you know, they also severed, right? Yes. He was in severed savior. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they were like brother and sister practically. Um, and so that's how I met my wife back then. Um, but mucus membrane, it was, it was death metal. It had uh, Tom persons and uh, Nick Avalonitas, you know, these local guys. Um, yep. And that was cool. That didn't last all that long but we played it we played a couple good shows and stuff like that and you guys did a demo too right yeah we had a demo yeah, nice exactly um and then you know rob passed away in 2002 yeah um, when he was in severed savior mm -hmm. and, yeah, so, so for uh, anybody who doesn't know lob rob lumbre is that yep. that's how you say it right rob yep. lumbre he was one of the first guitar players i don't know if he was a founding member was he in there when it was christ denied too no so he um he joined he was on so, force to bleed ep right no he wasn't no, so, he wasn't oh yeah sorry jared was on that shit yeah so jared joined and was in the same it was in the band with mike gilbert for a while and then mike left and then rob replaced mike okay okay um and I mean, Rob was one of those people like he he could, he played drums in mucous membrane. 
Yeah, he's all yeah, over the he place. He played bass in Cypheria. And his riffs are on uh, Brutality is Law. There's some riffs in there yes. that he was involved. I think he was involved in One by One, and there's a couple other riffs here and there that were his. I think uh, he made. I think he came up with the name Brutality is Law. As sick. Well. And then that last, yeah, that last track on that album, if anybody hears it, it's a, a tribute to him because he had already passed yep. away. Yep, exactly. Of tragic, it was a car accident, right? Yeah, it was a car accident. Yeah, fuck. Damn. R.I.P. Rob. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So, Osmium, when did, okay, so Mucus Membrane, you guys did that for a while. And then what happened so after then that? Then I was in this band, Asylum, which All was right. um, kind of with like the guys I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, you know, it was one of those weird things because. You know, I think there's a lot of times in bands where people think that they want to go in this direction and then another person wants to go in this direction. And it's kind of like a battle that's yeah. never going to turn out well. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because they're, you know, the guitarist at the time was trying to be like, he, he could shred really well, but he didn't want to do that many solos. And then it was like they're trying to go in the new metal direction. And I was trying to stick towards the death metal progressive type of direction. So, yeah, um, we, we played some good shows. Um you know, had some demos, but only lasted about two years. And then um, I joined Osmium like right after that, basically. Nice. So explain Osmium because that's that's Bay Area Underground right there, dude. Yeah. All right. So uh, Osmium uh, was a thrash band from the Bay Area, and they were kind of like the uh, the big local band. You know what I mean? They they sounded good. They had everything together, but it was more. Um, it was like thrash. It wasn't yeah. death metal. It and had the energy though, dude. It made everybody fucking pit. Exactly. I remember the Osmium crowds were crazy, dude. Yeah. So it was the one band that had really the jump, 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 jump. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah. 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 It wasn't wasn't trying to be anything else that anybody no. would at that time, I think. And that was uh it it was a I mean, on a how bills were put together you know it's like a variety of things not let's not have the same band setting up and breaking down basically if you let's let's pepper it up with different styles and that's what i loved about bay area shows and having a fucking thrash band like osmium rip your face off before severed savior gets on stage or you know it's just like throw a fucking fruit salad of death metal in that you know <laughs> a little side salad you know with your meat <laughs> yeah which by the way dude you got a delicious looking instagram dude oh, mouth watering you. dude you're fucking barbecuing like a madman over there thank you you know we all gotta eat right totally dude. yeah yeah might as well eat the wow you know <laughs> the <Exactly>. chef's kiss <laughs> so yeah um you know i was in that band for two years probably and um, we just tried to, we tried to set up a tour basically, and things didn't end up working out. Um, I think people are at different places in their lives and just couldn't commit to trying to push the band to the next level. And they really liked, you know, being the, the cool local band or whatever. And it was really, you know, um, the singer and the guitarist were brothers. And it was kind of like a real guitar shreddy band too. And mm -hmm. so another thing was we practiced three days a week and it was like to play those things. I really didn't need to practice three days a week or maybe even at all. And it was kind of yeah. like, I come to practice. So these guys can enjoy like wanking off. 
<laughs> <laughs> but I love playing the shows, you know, and, and totally. we're all, you know, still friends basically. And, you know, it was all, it was all good times, but anyways, that didn't, didn't end up working out. Um, and with this video, you can probably count how many times I say, um, Oh, so uh, dude, I, I, I say, uh, like 47 times in the intro, dude. It's chill. Nice. Nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> so after that, I was in, uh, I was jamming in Cryptorium with Jared Deaver and Mike Beams and Ramon. And that was another thing that, that just didn't end up working out. Um, we didn't play any shows. We just jammed for maybe a year or so, but that was, that was a good time mm -hmm. putting together those songs and stuff like that. So Around that time, um, Colin from Vile hit me up to do some shows, and we did this mini tour with uh, with Severed Savior, actually. And that was when I met Marco. So Marco was the guy that Colin found to do this this tour. And so he was like 19 years old at the time. And I remember I picked him up from his house so we could go jam uh, with Colin. And it, he seemed oddly cocky at first but i mean he, he's not cocky at all really in in reality but he he was just like oh yeah i'm 19 years old i just got off this 50 day tour with vital remains and you know yeah. I remember that yeah he's he's definitely instantly when i jam with him you could tell he's one of those guys that can play super fast obviously but he just has that that groove he has that timing that yeah. i think a lot of some you know really fast drummers don't have totally um, but it was always just laid down really really well so you know we instantly clicked with that and then um he told me that he was jammed with this guy dylan from the santa cruz mountains and i was living in boulder creek at the time so i was like oh really you know it was this guy so um, boulder creek the, where, where is that located compared to that's still east bay right no no, no boulder, santa cruz santa oh, cruz okay. mountains oh yeah, okay like, shit you know, there's my bad boulder creek uh ben lomond Felton. thinking of stevens creek Okay, yeah, that's, that's like know. in San Jose, Santa Clara. Cooper yeah, <laughs> I said San Jose. Uh, I, never mind. That's, that's where fine. you go buy a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you listen to the radio, that's where you go buy a car, dude. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I went and saw the first Brain Drill show, and I met Dylan briefly, and I think we had like a bottle in the parking lot, and so like I gave him a swig <laughs> off the bottle. And I was like, oh, you know, I play bass, and he was kind of like, whatever. And then uh, he had all these CDs he was giving out. And I was like, dude, let me get a CD. And he's like, oh, I'm giving them all these other people. And I was like, I just gave you a swig off my bottle. You fucking yeah, asshole. dude. <laughs> so That's more than uh, what these other people are giving you. They're just fucking taking that shit from you. And uh, if you remember, Andre was singing with them for the yep. first. They actually, yeah. the, I think the first show you're talking about, uh, Odious, Odious played. It was Abhorrence, Odious, Brain Drill. I want to say it was at the Decrepit Birth at the 418 project. Yeah. In Santa Cruz. Yoga, yoga. Yeah. Center. Yeah. That was yep. post. That was like right after bloodletting. Right. It was like yep. a, a week or two after bloodletting. It was like, yep. yeah, we had a cool little break from bloodletting. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was fun. Um, not, yeah. That was an amazing show. I remember um, some, there was an ambulance that had to come get somebody. I think it might've been during an odious mortem, someone in the pit and the. What up? You know? Yeah, it was sick. <laughs> so nothing. It's, right. it's fucked up. It's fucked up that people get hurt at metal shows, though, dude. I'm just saying, like, I was saying that as a joke. It's like it's always fucked up when you see somebody actually has to go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Or it gets like a good it, time. It's Unless severe. You know, like, like Bill. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill jumps off the stage and breaks his leg. It's oh cool. yeah, that's fucked. 
<laughs> no, I know. I mean, it's it's not I, weird. I mean, it's like we're all like trying to like murder each other in a circle. I'm like, and Bill oh, was the oldest one out of all of us, and he took the most chances, dude. I, I remember him up in Canada. He jumped off the tallest stage we played on that whole tour. Oh, dude, got, and fucking like busted his eye on some dude's shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill would actually like even on tour. You know the you know tours I did with Decrepit. There was probably I want to say eighty percent of the shows during a certain part uh, we knew what was going to happen he would stage dive like every time like Bill almost every time jackass movie dude like <laughs> i know <laughs> i don't know how he survived he's like the oldest guy in the group and he is just yeah. diving headfirst into like a bunch of like heads <laughs> like that, that, i don't like, know it's, what's that wild boys show like that guy manny or something that guy who like oh yeah he kind of looks like, like Manny from wild boys you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dude the snake guy that's, yeah 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 yeah, dude, that's kinda, yeah. <laughs> Bill's a well, snake charmer. Yeah. It's kind of a mix of Diego uh, and Bill. On tour with Bill, he um it, it was a pretty big show. I think it was in Canada, and he um pulls out like you know the decrepit birth CD and he's like, Who wants this CD? Come yep. on stage and get it from me. And he's yep. literally got like 15 <laughs> people on top of him trying to fight him to get the CD, and he he held on for a long time. And he'd call yeah, it security too. He'd call out all the front security, be like we, we love the security, but like you gotta you gotta get past them, and then you can get to us, and then you get a free CD. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ruben Rose is from uh, Devourment. When I saw them in Maryland, he did a he was like, "You want this Devourment T-shirt? You got to come get it from me." And like for half a song, this dude and him tug a ward on stage and, and i'm thinking like that was like a large now it's triple x dude he still got it <laughs> and like there's no way that thing is gonna fit correctly now because they literally were he ruben would not let go he, that dude really had to pry it from his fingers you know yeah that's kind of fun yeah all right back to fucking so, um, <laughs> back to the back to the thing oh yeah so dylan um so at that show, he was kind of like, whatever. I don't even think he, it really registered like what I was saying or who I was or anything. And uh, so I guess a week or two later, Andre and Marco were both like, oh, we know this dude, Jeff. You know, he plays a seven string bass. He could probably, you know, like if anybody could do it, he could probably do it. And he lives like 10 minutes away from you. And so uh, Dylan hit me up and uh, just came over and started teaching me some stuff. And I remember learning some of the riffs and I was practicing it with a metronome and I was like oh I'm getting this down and then I went and tried to play it with the actual CD and it's like way faster than you imagine that it was you know what I mean? yeah. everyone's playing it like oh I can play it like 250 260 this shit's at like 310 or something like that uh, yeah it, it wasn't to a metronome so it was like it would sporadically get faster in, in parts and so that was really at that time definitely the ch most challenging thing I'd ever played and so um that, that was kind of it. He just came over and started teaching me the songs. And then I was in the band and, and yeah. Well, so, so you already had a seven string. So how did you get into like the extended range stuff and all that? And uh, it, it was around the time that I was in Vile. I, I just, I had always wanted a couple more strings just to do some of like the higher tapping stuff. And at that time, Guitar Center had the Conklin seven strings that they just had sitting there, you know, you never see that anymore, but they, they would literally have like 10 of them sitting in the store. And um, my buddy at the time worked at guitar center and, and he would just go in the computer, you know, and like enter in the lowest price until it started rejecting it. So I think I got that first seven string brand new for like $700 or something like that, which nice. you know, they're supposed to be like $1,200. 
100 bucks um, a string. <laughs> not too bad, right? Not a bad deal. Yeah. Having so, a homie at Guitar Center is the shit. Uh, yeah. We all had oh, a homie dude. at Guitar Center. We yeah, Paul from Morgan. Yeah. Shout out to Paul <laughs> Ryan from Morgan. I just said we won't mention his name because I was just about to say uh, how he hooked I mean, us up just that way. My but, whole dude. Paul, hey, get the fuck so on this stuff. podcast, dude. That's what yeah. It's not like the olden days, though. Guitar Center, you know. No. Shout out yeah, to exactly. Brandon from Las Lucy. This is his drum set. He's my Guitar Center friend. He hooks it up. So nice. nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll get him on too for sure. Sick. Fuck yeah. All right, Raul so from seven hundred, seven hundred dollars seven string. So you bought it just because it was there, and you got a good fucking deal on it, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna. I I always wanted one, you know. So were you already like, so that's what I'm saying. So like from with vial, like you obviously wouldn't need a seven string, but like, were you doing crazy shit on a five? Was it a five string you were playing in vial or was it just yeah, a, it was a five string, string? five yeah. string? And five, you're, already, maybe six string at that you're already into the tapping shit, the crazier tapping shit at that time. Yeah. I mean, I, I got into that like around the time I started playing. Um, I mean, the first time I heard Stu ham basically. Yep. You know, I totally nerded out on that when I was. Is that like, the? Is that the? Because you started with the stand-up bass, is that more make you inclined to play like that, or no? Um, no, no, I don't. No, I don't think so. All right, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the novice. I'm the novice asking <laughs> questions for all the other novices. No, Stu Ham, that uh, that bass solo he did, you know, uh, on a uh, the you know that that album, The Urge. Remember Stu Ham, The Urge? That was like. My dad had that album when I was a kid, and that like that one bass solo he does with like the the Snoopy, the you know the Peanuts, Peanuts, and Lucy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That actually like I remember as a kid. That the was like one of the of first Lucy? albums I ever what I ever got into. Like, <laughs> for a kid, didn't that album come out in like '92? I mean, I was six or no, no, I was okay. eight. I was eight when that came out. No, my dad had that album. And just like with, they have that uh, song Lone Star with um. With uh, Eric Johnson and they, yeah, I remember oh, just yeah. hearing that that one live bass solo it was like that he does. He did it with Satriani for like years. You know what I mean? It'd just be like the, yep. the the bass solo section. But yeah, that was uh for me. I mean, my dad was just always like, "Damn, this this is the guy." You know, like when I was a kid, and that was yeah, uh, the was tapping player, stuff. Right? Yeah, the tapping stuff that he would do um, was definitely he hadn't really heard anyone do anything like that before before Stu Ham. He was kind of like taking kind of a guitar approach to it a little bit on some parts, but some of it was the, the, the arpeggiated stuff like on that on that solo. And I could see where you were influenced by that because that, that definitely that on a four string, he was doing the, you know, he's doing like the right. over yeah, the hand stuff like more strings. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I took lessons, bass lessons for maybe like a year when I very first started playing and I on my own had come up with like the tapping thing that was like like a power chord, like dun dun, and then up here, like a fourth, and mm -hmm. you're actually playing like the same notes. So it's mm -hmm. like you could be playing a power chord. Dun, 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 dun. And so I showed my my bass teacher, like I figured that out on my own. And then he was like, oh, well, you need to listen to Stu Ham. Like he does all sorts of stuff like that. And that's really how I started listening Definitely. to That makes a lot of sense. More of that. But yeah, I had I still have all Stu Ham's solo albums and get the new ones when they come out. Yep. And I've been lucky enough to hang out with him and like see a bunch of his clinics, you know, where yeah. he just he's amazing. He'll yep. he'll sit there and like tell a story while he's playing before he actually does the song and that's awesome, man. Yeah, we saw him and live 
at Moe's Alley in Santa Cruz. Yeah, we saw the, 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 the B3 tour. It was with uh, mm -hmm. Jeff Berlin, Stu Ham, and uh, Billy Sheehan. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was at Moe's like Alley. A G3. In Santa Cruz. It was the G3, but it was a B3. You know what I mean? It was the, the so base. Sick. Right. Yeah, yeah. Is that the place that was like right by where you guys lived? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Yep, yeah. It was right next door. So we just like. <laughs> Imagine us showing up to that, like, like everyone was so much of dads there and stuff, and we just like, let's get wasted and walk nine feet and go watch him and Jeff Berlin. Well, so we they were, were like fine. shushing us. No, Josh we, was. We were yeah. fine, but we had one friend who was not fine, and he was <laughs> yeah. so excited though. He was like all like, stoked on it, but he was so loud and just bl like. Blasted. Like Stu Ham would be doing a quiet bass solo, and and fucking our buddy would just be in the back, like high five, like literally not in the back, like six people from the front going like fuck yeah, this is sick, like high fiving, like yeah. and like taking over the volume of the bass. <laughs> like, are you when you say your buddy is? Out. Are you not mentioning his name? Because I think I would just I just left and I come back and I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, sturdy Josh Seitman. Yeah, dude, he doesn't care. <laughs> He's clean, dude. What are you talking about? No, he was our old merch guy. He's an awesome dude we, we, awesome dude we love him to death but he's uh, that one friend that always yeah. introduces you to new music he's like yeah i, yeah. I want to give oh yeah music exactly to you. He's, yeah he worked at, he worked at you know jeff uh streetlight music he was streetlight like the records streetlight records down uh off pacific avenue he was like the yeah. main dude there with all the metal and oh yeah and all yeah. Stuff. yeah he had big yeah. plugs yeah yeah. yeah 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 so Stu ham so that got so your bass teacher told you to start listening to, or no told you to start listening to him correct yeah so then from there you took you basically like understood like an extended range bass would give you more opportunities to kind of do that tapping arpeggiated tapping thing yeah exactly mm -hmm. um and so the when i was i think it was right before i joined brain drill um i was I was literally sitting in uh, on my patio in Boulder Creek, and uh, I was having some scotch, taking some bong loads, and I just had this thought: if I on the seventh string, if I go one two three, one two three, one two three, one two three, I don't know if you can see that one two three, one two three, one two three. I was like, mm -hmm. it'd be super sick, and it'd work perfectly, you know, on a seven string bass to do triplets, and it's all diminished, you know, so it's like evil mm -hmm. and. And so that's how I started doing that, like hand over hand thing that that you see. That so that's they should call that the sorry, how do you hell? Huel, that's exactly what we should call it. <laughs> no, that's, that's how I started doing that, and uh, it in brain drill it ended up going perfect, you know, because Dylan does all those diminished sweeps and it just went along perfectly, and that's how kind of how that whole thing came together, definitely. Uh, so we're we're into the brain drill time right now, huh? Were you in that band when they played the Death by Derby show at the Vets Hall in Santa Cruz? Yeah, that was the first show that yes. I that was the first show that I played with Decrepit. That was uh yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was a great show. I would have yeah. seen you there, Jeff. That would have been the first time I enter yes. the scene. I Joseph was about four. How old were you? I was, was seven four. years old. No. <laughs> I was a. Uh, I was. 14 or I was, I was 15 i think that happened in nice was dude. that january 20 2005 no or january I, 2006 uh, totally remember dude yeah, totally january. <laughs> i remember i uh, no, i, I worship the altar that. of that of that flyer each every morning <laughs> I, I, I was like um, a vague memory that, of the stage oh. and that's it there was a yeah. huge storm like the day before that you guys remember this i just remember and being it cold took, it oh, yeah. took down the power lines that you couldn't even drive to my house in boulder creek because it was way up this hill 
And my van happened to be in the shop being worked on. And there was this huge tree that fell onto my driveway exactly where I would always park my van. Damn. And so, um, yeah, I just, I clearly remember that whole day because there was that happened. So I couldn't even stay at my house. I had this ridiculously bad cold. And then I was doing a home and garden show in San Jose for my company. So it was just like, I was about to die, but I went to the show and just like drank a bunch of scotch and played, you know, <laughs> death metal and made the best of it. It all worked Sick. out. Yeah, definitely. So that was, uh, that was probably like towards the early part of you being in brain Jill, correct? Um, well, I mean, I was only in the band for six days, not even two years, <laughs> not even two years. So that was probably okay. like the beginning of 08. Okay. Right? Yeah. 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 That was wow. That was right before, you know, apocalyptic feasting came out and right around the time diminishing came out. Right. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was definitely, I remember like not even knowing some of the decrepit songs all the way through and i was like in the parking lot working them out with matt like shit what, what happened <laughs> what do you do here i don't like i was like completely freaked out but thank you for uh thanks alcohol just <laughs> push me through it you know just do a little dig dig it whatever and just get through it but uh no that was uh seeing you guys it was us you guys inherit disease right that was yes, the show inherit disease and yeah uh, i think what's the the band from up north. Was it a? Oh no, we embryonic devourment. Embryonic devourment. There you go. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Previous. Oh, that guests. was. Uh, yeah, so we can all awesome, remember man. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> remember tons of stuff, right? Yeah, all kinds of things. If we if we push like five heads together, we can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll never forget that show either, dude. I mean, that was that was the first time I saw any of you guys live, so. Yeah, Sick. that was awesome, man. So right after the so apocalyptic feasting just came out, and then so you were with them for about two years. Um, so uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we're wait, we're going to so uh, big, was was that what tour what tours have you guys done with Brain Drill? You did with Brain Drill. We did um we did a couple like mini tours and um you know like smaller independent tours um trying to remember who they were with burning the masses i know did one of them mm -hmm. with us and those guys are were great to hang out with um oh yeah i can't remember who else but you know the the big tour that we did was the black dahlia animosity tour and mm -hmm. that was basically what ended marco and i being in the band so um, yep but that, that that was an amazing tour for sure. And it, it wasn't even that long, but it was crazy because it was one of those ones, you know, it started and ended on the East coast. So driving, you know, 40 hours before you even get anywhere that you're going right. to play a show. Yeah. That, that happened actually a lot just tough, with the decrepit dude. birth and stuff. Just like, it would be like, okay, well, we're going to go tour with this new like East coast based band. So we're going to start there, go all the way back around America, come back and then just end there. <laughs> so it's like, you're just going like this. It's the like, drives that it's the drives yeah. where you're like, holy shit, dude! The fucking sunset I've watched twice while yeah you've been driving, yeah. dude. Yep. Those yeah. are those are where <sighs> shit gets weird, dude. Yeah, that's terrible. And, and you guys, and it, you guys ran into the classic really get tested. The classic mistake, which actually we actually learned from you guys um, on that Brain Jail tour, was when you're in Michigan, those those uh, GPSs instead of going to instead of going around like under the lakes it takes you above which is canada so yes, if you have like 
yeah if you have any like contraband or anything you're like whatever we got like a, some, a little pot whatever we're chill like if you go i remember like we were on uh toward decrepit and we were like in that michigan area and i'm like why are we going like north i don't understand like why we're going north and i was like dude we got we have to stop like let's take a look at the map and we, it was going to route us through canada then come mm, back to new like new york shit. or something yeah yeah because yeah, that was the exactly fastest way yeah the fastest way and i remember that was the the whole story that you know people can look up with the brain jewel thing but that was that's why that happened is because it routed yeah, you guys in michigan the through, yeah and, and the, the tour manager you know well it's not his job to wipe our asses you know but he could have said hey guys you know if you just put this in your Heads gps up. take you through canada you should be you should watch out for that um but end of the day if somebody would have given up their fireworks we could have gone through canada <laughs> Played that much. <laughs> Did something bad happen, or I don't. I, don't know. <laughs> I think something might have happened, but oh, um, okay. I mean, you could we could do like a three-hour conversation about that. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, you guys can look it up if you guys want to. Yeah, want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah, but basically, we got strip searched, and um, somebody was very unhappy about the fact that we got strip searched. Yeah. Well, and did and they look in your butthole? Right. <laughs> well, see, see, the best part was like they, they made it clear like we're not going to you're never going to be fully naked at any point and we're not going to touch you at any point and so um you know if you've ever been strip searched before you know basically you bend over um you, spread and you, it. Off, you know you go on with your day yeah but it's kind of funny because you know you're on tour you probably smell like crap and you pull down your pants and these oh, guys got to smell it like deal with it and all that so. uh, yeah i that's I their agree, problem dude. right yeah yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny for you actually it's like you know. i think it's a it's yeah it's like maybe f- three four days in between probably yeah how it is on the well, showering yeah we did yeah Especially so being a like that man that actually that tour actually yeah. got offered to you guys because um we uh, decrepit was on tour with black dahlia and um i know brangel just got signed to metal blade and uh trevor and brian both like i think it might have been me and casey they were like do we want odious to do the next tour and so me and casey i called up dan was like do you think you could like get ready because it's like in like three weeks or something when we get home and odious hadn't been practicing that much so we was like and he has his own life with work and stuff like that so i was like do you think we can make this happen dan and he's just all fuck it's probably it's, it's probably not, it, i can't do it and we're like okay that makes sense because it was like basically like almost towards the end of the black dahlia decrepit tour what and, year uh, uh 2007 or six or something seven or yeah, seven, like, something been. like that so like the basically um they were asking yeah, they, okay they were asking us they were like they were like uh can you do it and i said no but i said um brain drill is like a new band that's on your label like you guys mm-hmm. should like take yeah. them out that's basically what because they were they basically wanted like um they were, I mean, they had animosity already locked in and they were like, okay, well, we want to bring you guys as like the opener. And I was like, well, Brain Drill's like the brand new up and coming band. And, and then we hit LA and um, Brian Slagle from Metal Blade came with this a humongous stack of Brain Drill things or CDs and was just handing it to everyone going, this band's sick, but like hyping it to all Black Dahlia and stuff. So um, I was like, you guys, you guys see, you guys should take them. And they were like, all right, we'll, uh, we'll take them. And then uh, the band didn't really last. <laughs> yeah. stuff happens you know what i mean it does. Yeah, yeah 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 totally and totally i think that there was it's got to be a full melting pot of 
good shit in order for it to work. You know? Yeah. And, and, and some people just don't want to tour. And I think that, you know, I, I've tried to been, be cool with Dylan. I mean, I haven't seen the dude in over a decade, but, um, you know, we had a lot of good times together. You know, we were friends and I have massive respect for his guitar playing and everything that he's done to build that band. Um, and it was just unfortunate that it didn't work out, but I don't think that he was in the mindset to really like be a touring musician and have that be a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the reason they eventually got dropped from Metal Blade is um, they were t- t- turning down like every tour that they would offer they would offer him all these good tours and they were just kept turning them down. And so I think they eventually were like, well, if you're not going to go out and promote what we put out, you know, we can't have you on the label. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not the that, label to get signed to. If you're not a live act, that's ready to right. tour your yeah. ass off. Yeah. But um, fun fact on the last brain drill album, um, you know, Alex bent was playing drums on it mm-hmm. and he's a good friend of mine. And so like oh, yeah. he, I was talking to him and he was like, he was like, oh, you know, I'm doing the new Brain Drill album. It'd be killer if you were on it. And then I was like, I was like, well, I'll hit up Dylan and see what he says. And so I hit him up and he just said, no, thanks. It's already taken care of. Hmm. Who so actually I, played on it? I was it. totally like, I will like do the Ivan. base of the album like for Ivan? free. For- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, Ivan, Ivan did it, right? Ivan? No, he did it. Dylan did it. Oh, he did. Oh, oh the last, on last, the last one. one um, oh, okay. 2016-ish, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was actually not that long ago. I yeah, mean, it was kind of like five, a comeback. Yeah, like yeah. after most of this had all happened. Yeah. So after Brain Drill, what? I mean, what did you jump into? Oh, so um, basically, Reciprocal was like right after that because we we were on one of the smaller tours with Brain Drill, and the guys in Reciprocal came out and like brought us a bottle of Crown and. And we just hung out and, you know, like drank and they're really cool dudes. And so the second I wasn't in uh, brain drill, uh, Jacob, the singer hit me up and I was like, I was like, Oh, I'd be interested in that. You know, like these, these guys are cool dudes. I like their music and um, you know, but they're based out of LA. So, um, you know, it was a cool thing to just jump into. And um, we did that first album pretty immediately after that. I mean, it was probably, you know, like the brain drill thing ended in March and I recorded the reciprocal album like in July or something like that. So Damn. pretty immediate. So explain, ex- good- explain that style of reciprocal. Cause actually I've heard it a few times, but it's been a, it's been a while. What, what style was reciprocal? Um, it was like technical death metal. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of insane time signatures, a lot of just, I don't really know what band to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you'd ever seen seen us live or seen the drummer, drummer has like this 20-piece drum set. You know what I mean? Dude's got like 20 cymbals on his drum set, and he would use every single one. And um, I would compare him to like Animal. You know, he, he was just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but it was a hard thing to keep together because we were all so far apart. And we eventually did a, a tour that was put on by ourselves. And it kind of misplaced everyone when we went out on that tour, like they lost their jobs, some, you know, they moved out of where they were living and it kind of just messed everything up. Um, and then right before we were going to record the next album um, that I actually wrote a lot of the material for was when I got the call from uh, Barnes to join six feet under. And, um, you know, I, I listened to six feet under, like when I was uh, in high school, I had a buddy that was really into them and, 
I like that earlier stuff, but I really hadn't paid attention to them mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. many years. And so I didn't, I didn't really know anything about it. I just randomly got a call from Mike Faley from Metal Blade. And he was like, I just wanted to call you about six feet under. Are you interested? You know, they're looking for a bassist. You know, if you are, uh, I'll have Chris give you a call. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. And so yeah. like five minutes later, I'm talking to Chris and I, I really didn't know that much about him. You know, I knew he was a singer of Cannibal Corpse, singer of six feet under. And he was just a super nice guy. We're just like talking on the phone and he's offering, making me this crazy offer and saying, Oh, we're already going to play whack in this summer. And it was like my dream to play. I was like, what the fuck? So yeah, it was just like that, you know, and, and they got Kevin Talley playing for him. Who's, you know, was one of my favorite drummers and that's sick. It happened very quickly. And, and it was weird because, you know, you, you fight for all these positions, and all these bands. And then I got like, you know, one of the godfathers of death metal just calling me up saying like, I really want you to be in my band, even though I've never met you or like really don't know anything about you. And that's pretty much just how it happened. And six that's... feet under is like humongous in, in Europe, right? Like when you guys play Europe, Europe yeah. it's like a different animal. It's like, it's like a discourage in Indonesia or something. It's like a, like a people <laughs> like they, they latch on six feet under is like a big, like humongous deal out there, like headlining. Like, so when you've played Wacken, like how, how, or Vakken, how high were you up on the bill? Were you guys pretty high up? Vakken. Vakken. Um, <laughs> we were pretty high up on the bill. Um, we were on, you know, like there's the two main stages. I don't know. It's like a black stage and the some other stage. I don't know what it's called exactly. Um, but I remember it was like, it was us. And then I don't remember who was before us, but basically us, then Testament was right after us. Then Cradle of Filth. Then uh, somebody else. And then scorpions final show nice. uh, yeah yeah and if you know that they've played tons of they've played stuff. a lot <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. but this was like their final show and like they had the whole backstage like they had um sculpted the scorpions into the bushes Jesus. behind the backstage and like they had this huge area for themselves it was a big deal that's probably the biggest german german band right scorpions for like a rock metal band that's the biggest yeah, one yeah. it's like them and like i guess you say romstein now probably but right right um, yeah but no that, that was huge it was, it was seventy-five thousand people it was in the prime time and uh there was there was a huge storm right before that so the entire place the campground where you're watching the show from is just mud so people got like trash bags taped to their legs <laughs> so they can even just walk through without getting crushed by everything but you can go you can go on youtube and look up six feet under mud pit um 2012 and there's there's some cool videos of people like just rolling around in the mud throwing mud at each other one thing actually i've always wanted to know because now that you bring that up because you see like bands play those big festivals and stuff where it starts raining like what as a band on stage if it's like going to be raining really hard like what do you have to prepare for what's like what what do the sound guys tell you like what what do you have to like look forward to or not forward to no one's told me anything. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, get up there, the stage is covering you. You okay. know what I mean? It's not. It's not like an open stage where it could rain directly on you. Um, if the rain was coming at you know a direction, I guess it could hit you. But I've ne- I've had it rain a little bit during festivals like that. Never had it really like get me wet or anything like that. So okay, yeah. I was wondering like with the electronics and stuff if it could like fuck up like a, a if it hits, like rain hits the bass or something like could it fuck it up you know or um i was gonna say i just remember from that festival that 
uh, Ola was in Six Feet Under at the time, and his wife and his uh, father-in-law came to that show. Ola England. Ola England. And yeah. so they were leaving, you know, afterwards we got on the bus to go leave and they had to like go to get to some shuttle. And they were walking through a campsite to get to the shuttle. And I guess Ola's wife was like literally waist deep in mud. Jesus, to get like to quicksand. The, like, shuttle that they had to get to. So this is like what the campers are dealing with you know, at these festivals. So people always talk about festivals like that. I'm like, I would not want to go to that as a spectator and go camp in some muddy freaking insane Just thing. Imagine like Crazy. being like from here and like flying out there. And then that happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you finally oh, get there. Man. Like even your whole thousands of dollars, <laughs> thousands of dollars, all the travel, everything to get to Vakan. And you're like, Stuck in the mud. <laughs> Stuck in the mud. You got a shit in a fucking German porta potty. Oh god, those porta potties are probably pretty brutal. Yeah. All that stuff. Well, shout out to Ola. I love that. Yeah, game. Ola. Ingl- the, is, uh, Ola's been crushing it, man. That's. I mean, YouTube is off the hook. Been great, man. It looks like you know, and he's, yeah, he's just nonstop working though. You can tell all the videos and stuff he puts out. Yeah, like yeah. His sense of humor is fucking fun. He's just got this funny yeah. sense of humor about him too. So, that's like really good. So yeah. he plays in the haunted now. Yeah, mm-hmm. he plays in the haunted. So Joel, don't we have a story about that? Like, was that you? Oh, the yeah, we we played. Uh, he wasn't in the band, but um, the at the gates brothers were in it, and uh, they had the original singer from the first album, mm-hmm. and um, and that's kind of a shitty story, but um, <laughs> so <laughs> you got me, got, you got me going. Oh, I, maybe it's a different story I'm thinking of because the one I'm thinking of isn't. No, I'll go into it because because I'm like a Shitty big in a good way. I, I'm a big like the first three albums like uh, made me do it, and then okay. the one after. Yeah. What's the one after that? I forget the. I forget what it's called. But uh, remember they bit. were kind of pushing kind of the new metal boundaries of. I mean, what I was hearing. I mean, I kind of I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up and was being like a elitist <laughs> little kid about mm-hmm. it. I think that's probably more what it was. But um. <laughs> Me, I was like sitting there. I mean, we played a show and then like had the at the Gates Brothers like watching us like on the side. We were just like freaking out. Like I was like, dude, that's like the reason why I'm like, that's like where I started. Is these guys are just watching us like over the balcony at the medley in Montreal, mm-hmm. and um, that's what it was. So I'm all freaked out. And uh, but anyways, later on, I'm just I'm drinking, so I'm gonna tell the story. So um, <laughs> we were uh, me and Casey were on the balcony next, and I was like, <laughs> I whispered, I whispered over to the to Casey I was like uh, like I love their new st- or their old stuff it's like my favorite shit some of the shit that I learned I learned all of made me do it all the way through on guitar like and then uh, one kill wonder on guitar and like I was like super into it and um I whispered to Casey like their their new stuff isn't I, don't, I really don't like their new stuff very much but I did that whole thing and uh right as I said that to him they put a spotlight on us in in the medley on the fucking balcony you guys want to hear some new stuff thumbs up or thumbs down and I was like <laughs> And it's two thousand people, like two, like sold you out. Definitely the threw a what did we do? Up, I don't even remember. What we I, was, I just, up, I said thumbs up. Yeah, we're like, like, yeah, yeah, thumbs like, down. Yeah, no, we're all like, like no. I just got done saying, timing, dude. I know. That's I was amazing. trying to be the elitist little fucking shithead, so and that trippy. was. I know. I was we were like, the only oh, ones up there too. Their new stuff sucks, dude. Yeah, play some more. Like literally, spotlight on us. We were just like backstage, like trying to watch it. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fucking funny. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right after he said that, oh, that's what it was, dude. I remember that. I was all like, "Whoa!" Was that's the universe looking at being us, a like, dick, dude. I know, I know. I got, <laughs> exactly, I got called yeah. out by the universe right there. Totally, dude. that's funny. Exactly. But no, but uh, all yeah, of England yeah. and and Keith Marrow and stuff like that. Those guys are oh, like, those guys are all amazing. 
some i mean jeff you've played you played with probably keith merrill right have i seen videos of you playing with yeah, him at we, NAMM and we stuff? did a thing oh, at NAMM, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nice, and like with yeah, like keith keith's amazing yeah and uh jeff sure. loomis right i saw you play with yeah he did he did one song with us yeah oh Jesus, yeah, dude. that's crazy that guy's i know another outer space guitarist dude that guy yeah, is but, but it was funny crazy. because he just he just jumped in and did that one song with us and he's got a lead on the song and he's going into the lead and his guitar is just way too quiet. Like you can go watch the video of it. Oh really? It's way too quiet. He's totally like looking back at like the amps and like somebody back there, like what the fuck? You barely hear what's going on. What so, year was it? What Nam? Uh, 2013, I think. Okay. I'll look for it. The Seymour Duncan. Booth. Okay. Yeah. Jeff is a, uh, Jeff is a, uh, one of the uh, premier bass entertainers at Nam. Um, I mean, I, uh, I saw you there at Nam. Do you remember that? A few years ago, 2018, I rolled in with my friend Quana from Fields of Elysium, and we watched your like, yeah, solo totally set. I know Jeff's like, nice. I've met ten people in my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> Where, what booth was it at? Uh, I don't remember a, if it was. I don't know if it was a booth. It was like in an enclosed space within. Was that the cord booth? Yeah. Okay. That was it. Yeah. So you were like the two guy, two metalheads actually watching me. Literally. Yeah. I, I was. Yes. Yeah. I was so hungover <laughs> at that. I was just like, I just want to go home. Is it yeah, always yeah, at yeah. the Anaheim Convention Center? Or yeah. Right there. It was like yeah. a twenty-minute drive from my house to Nam. Yeah. Oh wow. And um, so, yeah, I was just like, I was like the. I totally remember that. Yeah. I was like the guy coming to Nam, like. I had like every day mapped out, like we're going to go to this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And Did I ever hit the that pizza it... press across the street from that spot? No, I mean, I don't it's remember. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and like Jeff was like, <laughs> you got, you were playing at like early and I was just like, all right, this is where we're starting off. Like Jeff. Um, and yeah, it was not a lot of people there because it was early and you know, right. like, it's Nam, but it was super sick and you were just like played all your solo shit and we're like, fuck yeah, nice. like Jeff's the best. So. Thank Speaking you. Of did, solo did you see shit. the? Did you see yeah. the guy that played before me there? No, I don't remember if I did. There's this guy that plays a two-string bass, and he plays it like upside down. I don't know. You might have seen like some viral videos of this dude, but yeah. I'm like, I'm all hungover. I'm like, this guy in the two-string bass is about to show me up. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? I better go home now. <laughs> oh shit. How thin is the head there the neck of a two string bass? Well, it's a four string bass. He just only puts two strings. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, fucking what's his name from uh, supplementary? Max Gibbler. Max. Yeah, yeah. With his so, uh, also do Jeff strings or something? Four, four strings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, like uh, I wanted style. to say uh, thank you very much for because you got me into the 2019 one on the Dark Glass booth. That was that was a great oh, time, no, man. No problem. Yeah, that was awesome. Was I had a belligerent time. Yes, I remember seeing you there. Since <laughs> since we're 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 you know hopping around the timeline, I wanted to mention Jeff the time that you actually introduced yourself to me, and I don't expect you to remember this, but it was a show that's been brought up on the pod many times. I wonder if anyone else can guess which show it was that you mm. were like, "Hey, I'm Jeff," and I'm trying. You want us to guess? <laughs> that's a lot of information. Was that, that was like a Bay Area show? So yeah, it was Bay Area. What is it? Are you playing with to violently vomit? No, no, this is a lot earlier. Hmm. Anthony, you were there. I was there. It, oh, shit. Area of it was a survival tour, man. Oh, oh shit. The Winter. Pacifica show. Sick, dude. Yeah. Oh, really? Winter's, uh, Winters. I mean, I mean, correct me if, if I'm wrong. I, 
I'm pretty sure you you introduced yourself to me because you were at that first kickoff show of that tour with Archaic and Severed Savior in Pacifica. Does that sound right that you were there? Because I totally remember meeting you, but if I'm, I'm not mistaken, you have some pretty good footage of that show on YouTube. I think it was your account that I saw it on. Or am I wrong, Jeff? Did you take some footage of Severed that night? I feel like I did. And like I I I had this, I made another account that I was gonna post, like, you know, because I would always be at these shows or on tour, and I was like, I'll just film some stuff and and then I just never did anything else. I think I posted like one video. It's probably the it. only footage from that show, but it was a dope show. Really? It packed like 160 people into like a 90 capacity place. Yeah, just that was a great show. Out of the place, dude. Yeah, my yeah. my buddy Nick, who was in um mucous membrane we just went to tahoe uh last weekend together and we were talking all about that show sick and like you know, first time seeing anthony was severed and like you know the only time that well, really the only time i've seen you was severed and archaic he remembered every band on that bill um i think cyanic played and uh was that ontogeny maybe yeah, yeah. Okay. ontogeny played for sure i remember them I I think Ontogeny might have been on all the Cali dates. They even went down yeah. South SoCal. And <laughs> Shout played. out to Nick. Yeah. Yo, Nate, uh, Nick. Nick Nate, might be Twitch Nate, streaming. Nate. Nate. Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. Is Nick, dude. Uh, my bad. His Nate. Name's Nick now. What's up, Nick? <laughs> oh, Nick Barker. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about it. I'd love to see that, dude. That and dude. Uh, Nate. Max from Anomalous. Is it Max, the other guitarist? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He yeah, he, just, did, he did he yeah. did his first Twitch stream. Did anyone hop on that? It was yeah, I did I did oh, I was I there too. He Twenty or thirty minutes of it, oh, dude. He's what? back and he's still shredding, dude. And he's still got that same like that Les Paul, nice. like he's just shredding on, you know, like for like that oh. crazy death metal stuff. And it's like I think he was, shredding yeah. stuff. When I was he was soloing over some Holdsworth shit, if I'm not mistaken. And he was rocking a Holdsworth shirt. And it's funny because it's like we're all older. His garage door opens. His kids are spilling in from the neighbor with the neighborhood kids. He's still like, oh, dude, what's, what are you guys doing? Just like, <laughs> I'm just like, dude, this guy. Wore, I mean, those anomalous records are amazing. So it's like, come on, dude. We're, we're some it's, more. We're, we're some more of that. Let's let's see it. If you're still doing it in the behind the scenes. Yeah. So another thing that I could add into the history right after brain drill, um, you know, the Nate from anomalous hit me up and was like, Oh, you want to play on the new anomalous album? This is before they put out the one omnivalent price. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. And so I went out to Nate's house and met everybody. And, you know, it was when I lived in Boulder Creek still, and he lived in San Francisco. So it was like an hour and a half drive. And so they start teaching me some riffs and I'm like, this is, this is freaking insane. And so yeah. I'm like, do you have tabs? Do you have anything for this? And they're like, no, we don't have anything. Like basically you would have to come out here and learn all the songs with us. And they're like, there's no tabs. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that that's really going to happen. <laughs> remember, uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. His insane, episode, man. they got into that or he got into that a little bit about how they wrote that album. It's like everybody's contributing everything, right? Yeah, the, the singer played too. So it was crazy because Tim, the singer, is also like, it was like everybody wanted to have a say on every note I played too. So I was kind of like, I'm not going to like put in this much work for you guys to just tell me exactly what to do and mm -hmm. yeah, probably bury the bass in the mix. But no, that that album is so insane. And it's insane, great. dude. And, you know, Marco played on that and he, 
everybody on the album just it's did in it. my truck right now still i still yeah. got a physical copy in my truck right now that's yep. a fucking gem for sure oh Nate, nate's one of those guys when i first met him he was playing like bass and i was like like i i met him through him playing bass and stuff so i like um i was dating his cousin at the time and they're like oh you know nate and like brought me over to his house he's like he's all hey uh you want to play guitar i was like i smoked like this crazy pot that like made me all awkward and just like wanted to hide in the corner that was like what happened to me too <laughs> yeah, exactly and like i was like he's all i was like no I'm, I'm too high to play he's like well let me show you a song and he played it for me i was like jesus christ man this is insane like he played like they, a nine minute epic for me i was like i think like, everybody perfectly. needs to know about nate needs to know about ontogeny needs to know about on yeah. dude it's like it's these, these, these are hidden gems that a lot of people should know about you know yep, especially on yep. Tajni, dude that newest record is just fucking amazing dude yeah dude, and, and it's great. like it's all diy like and, and that's probably why like most people haven't gotten in touch with it but still it's like right. it, it it's i i'm i got mad respect for those dudes mad respect yeah nate and i are supposed to jam now he saw one of my videos and hit me up so Boom. Let's see what like happens him. I don't yeah. like them at all, <laughs> dude. Yeah. We're, you're we're not building relationships with this shit, <laughs> putting musicians so, together, making new shit. Yeah. So, so Jeff, how long have you been uh, with uh, Six Feet Under? Well, I'm trying to get it back on track a little bit. <laughs> so it's been almost in uh, in February. It's gonna be ten years. Jesus, Damn. decade of aggression. Decade, Damn, bro. that's awesome, man. That's very cool. So, I mean basically like i was so proud to see you like we were talking about walking earlier like because you know i've known you for like this you know, san francisco scene and stuff like that playing in kind of and brain jewel is pretty big but playing in like these bands and i'm like dude jeff's like an amazing bass player like he needs to be in something big and then i would see those those behind the fucking crowd shots of you playing for like fucking you know 70 80 000 people and i was like fuck yeah there it is that's mm -hmm. that's what he thank you thank you yeah yeah so that's where he should be so to bring up something else that I didn't know if I wanted to bring up is, you know, that I did a tour with Rings of Saturn. No, I didn't. Let's get into it. So that was 10 years ago. So 2011, um, I did a tour with Rings of Saturn. Um, it was the roughest tour I've ever done in my life. I mean, it was like 40 something days in a van um, that basically there was two captain's chairs and then you had a bed in the back that was meant for two people that three people would be on. Um, sometimes there would be merch on that bed that you had to be on top of. Um, so basically at the end of that tour, I was like, I'm never going to tour again. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to play. I'm like, I'll do my solo stuff. I'll play bass for fun, but I'm never going to tour again. Like, fuck that. And so it was literally three months or something like that after that, that I got that call from Chris and he's like, Oh, we're going to, you know, you're going to be on a bus. You're going to have people setting up all your stuff for you. And I was like, are you kidding me? You know, like, okay, I'll do that. But I, I really, I thought it was the end, you know? And yeah, and that, yeah. that tour was really rough, but at the same time it was really fun because it was with um, decapitated, decrepit birth and uh flesh God apocalypse. I saw so that Jesus. show. I oh, saw that out in uh, Milwaukee. Cause I was in college. Out oh, there. really? Yeah. Nice. And uh, we, didn't Chase, stay, we didn't stay at your place. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I didn't live in, in Milwaukee, uh, but my friend did. And we like stayed at his house. And then I hit up Chase, who was playing with Decrepit. And he's like, dude, can I get a shower at your friend's house? And so we totally had Chase come over 
and get a shower. And then we ended up going backstage with, uh, like, I remember mostly hanging out with, uh, the, the flesh God guys and decapitated guys. I didn't know you personally yet. Otherwise, you know, but I remember seeing the set and I was like, Oh, that's Jeff. Who's like from brain drill at the time is how I knew you. And so I guess dude, I've seen you at four shows in different, all in different bands. I didn't really, I was trying to figure out if you were on the brain drill tour I saw, but I mean, I mean, dude, I, I, I'm a big fan of like a lot of the rings of Saturn material, most of the later stuff. Uh, but I was like always stoked that they found like incredible bass player. Well, <laughs> all, not always <laughs> sometimes found incredible bass players to play their shit. <laughs> well, they haven't had a bass player for a long time. Right. Yeah. yeah. I realize as I'm talking, I'm like, wait, they, they found an incredible them. MacBook pro. That, uh, <laughs> well, the, the funniest thing was like, you know, they had Sean um, Martinez who's in decrepit birth. Decrepit, that's right. Yeah. He's an amazing bassist. And, and when he left the band, they were like, oh, we're not going to get a new bassist because um, bass is just so hard live to mix or like some stupid thing like that. And it's like, well, yeah. dude, drums are the hardest thing to mix. Like if you want to if you want to yeah. use that yeah. excuse, then use a fucking, you know, uh, pre-recorded drums. But yeah, whatever. That's uh, yeah, that that uh, that uh, Lucas guy is very good at getting uh, people risen to his posts and what he says because he says some pretty outlandish stuff sometimes i get it. everyone's like what the fuck like and but it's almost like he's almost using the the any press or bad press is good press kind of thing i feel like is what yeah. he's well, using. Is, you know? give me an example of what he says because i don't, well, I don't, I don't uh i mean that what he just said you know he's just mm-hmm. basically like shitting on bass and then um he said something recently about how he's one of the best guitar players and i don't know Something, I don't that, was, that was like two or three years ago, but yeah, that yeah. He, he said he said that to like get the internet astir or yeah, something, and like I could tell. It was like it was like, bro, that's like something that you would say. But you know, I'll give respect to him because he is a smart kid. He's a real yeah. smart kid. He built that band. He makes a living off of that band, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And some of the best people have played in that band and they've gone on to launch their own projects, which are super sick. So it's kind of just a staple of the tech death world. And you got to have some respect for how they've managed to make a business out of it for sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely. Definitely a smart kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's uh, I mean, the last controversy with him was the, someone going like, Oh, he doesn't, like he's being overdubbed while he's playing live, right? That right. was like that's a, not a, the last. Oh, there's there's newer ones. <laughs> right. Oh, there's newer ones. I'm old. Oh, let's, <laughs> let's get well, the best part. The last of that time you like, cared. The last, yeah, the last time you cared. That's old, dude. Pay attention. That, that um, you know, there was like a live clip, and he's arguing. It's like, oh, it's the monitors, and it's like, so you have pre-recorded tracks live that are going through your monitors that's so loud. That yeah. you can hear it over what you're playing like that makes no freaking sense on its own yeah it's like it's like a it, rapper rapping over a cd dude and if he fucks up you could still hear him in the background right yeah. if you want to be a live band be a live band don't yeah have any backing tracks whatever yeah yeah no i was, totally agree dude totally yeah agree. i mean event sevenfold Clip track is okay tracks. obviously but yeah no no yeah yeah shit playing nothing for the audience to hear right exactly yeah. but but why would you have a monitor blasting in your face that has the yeah you know, i agree a, I, a fake backing track 
I think it depends on the context too. Like, like if if you're like a shredding band and you have like a shredding like backing track that's not live, like that's pretty silly, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think like <laughs> I, I, that's what the that's what inners are for, though, right? I thought that's what like in ear monitors are for, like so you don't have to blast it to the no, crowd. I mean, like you if could... you were like doing like a guitar line, there was like a synth like playing it like the yeah. same. Like, oh, you're yeah, yeah, talking yeah, different yeah. things, yeah. Like yeah, if it was yeah, in, yeah. like on like like live like on the click track like with the band, but like no one's playing it live. It's just like this like like matching the like arpeggio. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Very, well, I know it's... Matt like uh, from Decrepit um, basically was just like you know what I'm just gonna have like a like for solos and stuff like a backing rhythm guitar track. Like obviously you can play yeah. the backing rhythm guitar track, but he just didn't want to like deal with people coming in and out anymore. So he was like you know what. Sure. I'm just gonna program this fucking backing track. It's not like a lead track, you know. It's just like a right because they're playing to a clicker already anyway, right? Exactly. So it's like, it's not you know taking away or or giving extra. It's just like it's just kind of holding. A, it's a placeholder for the background like rhythm, so he can solo over and everyone can. Who's the guitar players that can pull that off live with just one just, and say no rhythm? It, it, that's that's Pantera. If he had more money, he could just like hire like like these dudes that hide in tents like in the back, you know, just, like, <laughs> play the, like, the parts. Like, dan, dan, tic, dan, dan. But like, like nobody knows they're in the band. They're just like playing. there's bands like that. I've I've yeah, heard of. Uh, of, I mean, that's like a real thing. in like, like even like corn and stuff. But now I said it again. Like they have like would have yeah. for a while when one of the, the guitar players quit or something. They had a guy like playing like in the back or something like that wasn't yeah. on stage, but like playing, oh, yeah. you know, dude, bands but. do that all the time. There's like tents in the back for like backup vocals back. Like Ozzy's got backup vocals and people like he's done it for years, you know? Yeah. And yeah. You don't even know that he's on the tour. But it's like before click like, tracks and all that stuff. I'm sure Iron Jim Maiden, I think, has a keyboard it. player that they, yeah. they never let go on the stage. He's exactly. like backstage somewhere. <laughs> playing the keyboard parts. It's just, it's just eddie back there dude like that's all, <laughs> you know that's all they know that's it's funny yeah that's awesome man so um on top of all this so you're doing six feet under but you also i've noticed i mean obviously you you do your own solo stuff so um where did the inspiration come to start doing that and you know you're basically like a, a brand ambassador with warwick and uh, probably a bunch of plugins and stuff now that i'm not even aware of but uh where did that come from um, I've always, I mean, for like 20 years, I've been trying to do solo stuff, you know what I mean? And so once uh, the the first solo EP that I did, uh, I Came to Hate, was with Nate uh, from Anomalous. I actually recorded with him. Um, I got the physical copy of that from you. Which, um, you know, it was kind of the first thing. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm not 100% like loving the way that it is now, you know, because I've, I've done so much stuff since then. Um, it was cool at the time, but, you know, it was also, it was a different era of technology, I guess, as well. Um, but I, I've always just wanted to do some bass solo stuff. And mm -hmm. in the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, I can do all this stuff with layered bass and we don't even need any guitar. We're just, just going to do it with bass. And then on the last album, I incorporated playing guitar as well. And um, I actually have a new album in the works that I don't even... I honestly don't even know what I'm going to call it. If it's going to, it's probably not going to go under my name. It's probably going to go under a band name. Um, but I have like, it's a concept album and I was like 20 people on it. Um, tons of amazing vocalists and stuff like that. So I've been working on that for like three years and um, cool. So maybe one day it's going to see the light of day, but I'm, I have no reason to rush any of that. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah. You got a little also, spot, you got a little spot on there for me. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Nice. Dude. We'll <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I've been doing some session work as well in the past couple of years. And um, this this new band, Sony Venus. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but um, it's basically uh, myself, Marco, and then uh, these two guys from Europe who are super shredders. And uh, it, it's this guy, Ryan Batten, is the main guy um, that created the band, I guess. And he does, uh, he's one of the guitarists and he also does all the vocals. And so we're just getting. Are finished. they young bucks? Or are they in any other projects that anybody might know? Um, the the one of the guitarists, Steph, he was in Hanker. I'm not sure if he still is, but they're they're all Europeans. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not that young. They've they've definitely done some cool stuff in the past. Um, nice. And this, I, I posted a video on Facebook. I think I posted the full video like a week or two ago of my bass playthrough for one of the songs, but it's oh, super insane. sick. I saw that. Oh, okay. It's insanely technical. Um, and he's just really spared no expense in getting the whole thing together and getting the production that he wants. And so nice. that's nine songs that are just insane technical. Mm-hmm. And then he's got Francesco from flesh God apocalypse. That's going to do um, some of like the in-between stuff arrangements and stuff like that. So it's really, Nice. It's going to be an amazing album once it's totally done, and the production is just top notch. I, I don't. It's some guy in Europe that's doing the final mix. That is just. It's the most clear death metal production I've ever heard. Sick. So wow, hopefully cool. that's going to see the light of day in the next couple months or so. Nice. Hell yeah, that's exciting, dude. That sounds like yeah. Yeah. right up my alley. What's the style? Um, it's just. Is it? To- it's technical death metal and you know it's one of those things with that um they sent me to learn it they sent me the guitar pro yeah guitar pro it's not power tab anymore it's guitar pro (laughs) guitar pro yeah it's it's got like both the guitar parts and it's almost like classical music you know when you see the back and forth and the arrangement between them and then i add in the bass to that and it's it's insane yeah it's definitely next level stuff so i'm excited for that to finally be unleashed kind of a plug for you are you still because i remember you um a year or two ago where you offer your services for bands that need a bass player correct like if someone needs that was i mean i remember seeing that video a while ago i don't know if it's still going on but yeah i do session work so i mean like i I just did um some stuff for demon stealer from india um yeah i just i I randomly do session work when people hit me up and want to you know go with it i'm doing a one track on the new Necropathy. I probably said that wrong. Ollie Morgan from uh, Australia. He's got this insane project. And so he just, he's kind of taken different people on every song. So he's got, once that's another album when it comes out, it's just going to be like Shredalicious. So yeah. I that I just got a random question for you right now. Is uh, out of all the session work, what was the most difficult project to get prepared for so sony venus the the one i was just talking to you about that was the hardest and uh, i probably put uh, in into those nine songs i probably put a hundred hours into recording it and uh you know it's funny i've I've done a fair amount of session work and uh sometimes someone will say like oh I, i didn't really like this part like could you just change this one part or you know they'll have something small that'll be that they want corrected 
And so after I was done with this, they, they totally dissected it and came back with two pages of corrections. Whoa. And it would be like, it would be very exact. It'd be like the, you know, super fast technical death metal. It'd be like this one little note that you played right here sounded slightly out of tune or something like that. And so Trip. I went back and spent, you know, eight hours correcting everything. And then they'd come back with a couple more, but you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're making it perfect. And, you know, I'm totally proud of, of what we all did on that album. And yeah, goes when you get picky like that, but it was at the time when I was getting all those corrections, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's kind of like what you're sitting, what you're setting yourself up for doing that, like offering session work. Cause like when you give it back to people, they could be like, well, could you yeah. do this, 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 this differently? You're like, shit. Well, you know, come on. Well, that, that's, and that's what you have to do with session work. Like, um, yeah. I've hired, you know, I've hired Hannes Grossman to do some songs and, you know, he was like, oh, I 100% make sure that you're happy with everything I do. You yeah, know, yeah. That's the way you have to be. You can't be like, oh, you're going to pay me this and you're going to take what I give you, you know? You, yeah, you that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like but, how we did with Jarzenbeck. We just give him money and he gave us the thing. We're like, sick, dude, this is exactly what we want. No, <laughs> no edits, no nothing. Like, we just got a Jarzenbeck solo, dude. It's chill. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Take it it's how like it a, is. It could be all off key and like wrong notes. We're like, dude, that's <laughs> yeah. sick, dude. It's fucking sick. I remember like talking with Derek Roddy like back in those days when like the blotted science stuff was starting to come up. And after, was it Chris Adler, whatever, was going to do drums or whatever. Right. But then, and then like, uh, so yeah. it was going to be Roddy after that. You remember that? I think and, so. Yeah, it was going to be Derek Roddy. And, and that's, he was, that's correct. I, I looked that up yeah. after Anthony called me out for yeah. getting the Adler <laughs> timeline Adler. wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking uh, of Adlers is... and snakes and Roddy <laughs> and, and cobras and all that. Anyways, <laughs> Derek Roddy is a friend of mine and I love that guy. And he's one of the best drummers in the world, as you know, for death metal and everything. And yeah, like he was like talking about that whole thing. And yeah, like basically he like told me that like, it was like do, like doing the blotted science stuff like you know like Jarzenbeck wanted like like no ride symbol it was like all hi-hat stuff and he was like no fucking oh, ride really? symbol like what the fuck you know so just and he's a ride symbol type difference. of drummer if you so, listen to Lamb of God you should have gotten Lars to do it <laughs> exactly yeah I don't, don't, Lars like no ride but like, <laughs> but like well like Roddy like was like ah oh, dude like like he like expressed that to me like um so that that was a creative difference that's all but it's just it's just you know it's art it's like you know yeah some people out. want it exactly yeah. the way they want it so it, it, it either works out or it doesn't it's all good either way you know right so yeah but he has like tons of respect he was like he was just saying like yeah it wasn't like my thing you know mm -hmm. um because i mean it's hard not to respect Jarzenbeck. he's like insane right <laughs> like yeah he's definitely. amazing yeah so. definitely definitely so uh so basically the you said that that new band that you're doing with like dude from flesh god and stuff so basically what's going on right now w would you ever consider touring in another band besides six feet under or are you are you locked and well, loaded you know, like like a lot of people you know i got a family and you know all these responsibilities so it's hard to go on tour with a with a band that uh, you know i got to get paid and mm -hmm. Six Feet Under is really cushy in the fact that we don't tour for, you know, 40 days straight. A lot of times we'll tour for a little over two weeks. We'll do some fly out festivals, stuff like that. So it's real, it's really perfect for my situation, to be honest. Um, I don't, and you know, my son's six years old. I don't want to be missing out on like 
Totally, dude. You know, half a year of what's happening there. Formative years, dude. Yeah, it's the most important thing. And, you know, right, right now it's like, you know, kids would be like your best friend. And once they turn into teenagers or whatever, maybe they're going to be like, this old man's not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, dude, that's uh, that's the year that I have, dude. That's why you got to do it now, dude. And, and and don't be pushed. That's that's what I do as a parent. Don't be pushy with anything, you know? Yeah. And a six-year-old, it's like you really get the full-on personality. Like there's yeah. this. that's when you really understand who your child is going to be, you know? how your kid is five six years old yeah complete honesty too you know? mm-hmm. complete honesty 100 percent honesty no filter <laughs> yes great yeah. most definitely oh, yeah. and 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 but that that's how but that's what makes you get you check yourself because of your children you know it's like oh dude he's that honest right now I need, I need to be that honest in certain right. situations, you know? Yep. Totally. All so right. So do you, do you do any like, uh, I mean, so you said that, you know, six feet under allows you to just be kind of quick and just like, you don't have to go in like these like commitments of 60 shows or whatever. Um, so are you working? Like, are you do, do you have an actual jobby job? Yeah. Yeah. You have oh, to, yeah. right. For you're in the Bay area. You have yeah, to. I've had, um, you know, I do tile and grout work. And That's I've, right. I've been doing it as long as I've known any of you guys, and I've had my own company since 2004. So you and Obi have probably had many a conversation. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. and Mike, right? Mike, he was Mike, he, did Mike does, uh, he, he was doing scoring. a lot of tile for a while. He, Mike is like one of those guys that can do everything. Yeah, yeah. You could probably teach him how to do any fucking trade or anything in the world, and he would do it perfectly. He's just totally. that guy. Totally. Yeah. He's definitely that guy, but no, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with Obi about, um, about tiling and stuff like that. But my, my company is more on the repair side and it's actually just, I mean, I make a good amount of money just doing everything myself and not dealing with the headache of other people. And in the Bay area, you can charge premium prices, especially with everyone's house value going up and yeah, sell it. And yeah, it's, it's been really busy. Really crazy. Yeah, that's just how the Bay Area. I mean, one of our buddies, uh, me and Anthony's buddy, um, literally became a plumber, and it's just like, oh, like he became a plumber, got his license and stuff. It's like, okay, 160 grand a year, boom, starting. It's like for yeah. a plum, like a plumber, like you know, like that's not like if you were to go to Oklahoma, it's like, all right, sixty thousand a year. Like it's you know, it's like it's yeah. literally like just jump like it's you, have, much, you have to pay for it yeah but to pay for rent here is like that's what i'm saying it's the cost that. of living yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. kind of need that if it if you're not gonna have to fucking be worrying every month you know yeah definitely. yeah well i get customers like return customers from almost 10 years ago and they're like oh you did this for me you know back in 2012 or whatever and oh how come your price is so much higher it's like look at your house value. Look at how much everything costs. Are you kidding me? Like if you don't yeah. want to pay, fuck off. I got plenty of other people that want to pay, you know, what, what it's supposed to cost. So. Yep. Definitely. That's it. But you know, it's hard, uh, especially in the bear, you can't make a living off a of death metal. That's a, that's oh, a real good definitely. trade to have too, to have like to be in a band, you know, cause you could do, you know, you're running your own company. You can take it and leave it when you can. It's not like you have to like, 
kiss a boss's ass and be like, can I leave for two words? Like, no, I make my own hours. Like I have my own clients. Like this is basically how it works. So that's, that actually is like kind of a dream job for a, mm -hmm. someone that wants to keep touring and doing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Best yeah. both worlds, dude. Get to have a family and you get to go fucking tour around every now and then. Yeah. You found that niche. Yeah, I, I want. I would, I'd love to be able to tour like that, you know. But I got three kids, dude. You know, it's so hard to. I got three kids, I didn't know, man. Yeah, yeah, three of them, dude. So it's it's. Bring them on tour, Anthony. Just uh, dude, that, your house. that would be amazing to have like an RV that I just follow you guys in, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> sell your house Straight and up. move to Arkansas, dude. Just buy an RV and we'll tour. buy a big travel trailer and you got it, man. Yeah, there you go, dude. <laughs> I, that that actually is enticing. If if that ever Dude. were to be able to happen, for sure, get like kids were going on tour, just like yeah, get like a like a million dollar like drop them off at like bus. KOA yeah. RV places every, every right. just like tore a bunch of chuck e cheeses or something dude <laughs> dude i'll never step foot in that place dude that place fucking is terrible dude chuck e disease. <laughs> Chucky yeah, yeah. Chucky disease, dude. For Chucky sure. disease. That's what we call it. That ball pit, dude. Jeez, that's where, like where every every disease comes from. That's probably you know, where like that's where COVID. In our local Chucky yeah. Cheese, there's no more ball pit. There's no more like play area. It's all just games. Yeah, so, I don't know. For the less chance of diseases. But. Yeah, yeah. And the pizza you know, sucks. And that's maybe there. I think that's why I'm doing. I'm I'm remembering how bad the pizza is, and that's why I'm saying fuck. That I'm like, place. dude. Like your job should be to please the parents so they stay there longer. And like, you want to? It's like Dave and Buster's has it down. It's like there's a down. bar, like how and it's all these cool drinks, bar. yeah, and all the all this like fun like like fucking jalapeno rockers or the right, fuck like you call good them. bar food. Yeah, bar like drunken dumb food, and like they keep you there and they keep. Dude, you, I've you taken that card. But I've taken my kids to their, that place, and that place is awesome. We have fun. But, dude, you look around, and there's so many parents that are, like, stumbling around with their kids because they've yeah. been taking shots at the full bar. It's right <laughs> next to the fucking arcade games that their kids are playing. And you're like, how, how are they? They got here somehow. Yeah. Their children right. with them. How are they going to get out of here? You know? You know. Dude, have <laughs> you guys... <laughs> There's this there's this fucking meme I gotta show you. It's like a screenshot. I'm sorry, I'm just sharing screen. It's all I'm just good. gonna read it out loud. I inject heroin into my arm that's scarred from times prior. <laughs> my eyes roll back into my head as my manager pounds on my door, telling me I'm on in five minutes. Let's rock, I say as I grab my bass guitar, <laughs> take a pull of whiskey, and get into my chunky cheese house <laughs> band costume. Dude, that's like that person just summed up our episode sorry. right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's, That's good. Funny, That's it's good. it's base related, so base you know. related yeah, and base related. related. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I really Speaking of base related all the time. But, I definitely okay. want to go down a since Jeff, I mean, you're part of the original like group of us and stuff when we were kids and all that stuff, but but uh Murray, I kinda wanna go to a Murray gushing session. So Mersey. how did you yeah, you guys got a Mersey. Um how did you meet Murray and how did like that was because I remember Murray almost introduced me to you. I almost, I, I can barely remember this, but Murray, Murray and you were kind of like the initial bass players in the whole pound group that I ran into and stuff. So how did like Murray, how did you meet Murray and how did, uh, did you ever fight him? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I originally met him. Well, the first time, 
here's, here's another good story. Uh, so um, the first time I saw Severed Savior, they were Christ denied. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they opened that the first bloodletting tour, which was at the pound with Deeds of Flesh and Disgorge. And that was actually the show that I met my wife at. Sam. So I was in 2000. And so, so I don't. She's a fan too. Yeah. So I want to yeah, hear that well, story too, but go off on that. And then I want to hear how you actually met at that show. So, well, you know, she was, she was like Rob's sister basically. So he introduced me to her um, at that show. And so I remember slightly seeing Christ denied and that they were, you know, a lot of times you see an opening band and it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. when's this going to be done? And it was like, wow, this is exciting. This is, this is good. And I, of course, remember Dusty, um, you know, in his yeah. almost Frank-like chopping totally. you know, the hair and all that. Um, but I don't think I met any of them. And then um, Mucus Membrane played a show at the Concord Depot with Deeds of Flesh, which was probably a year after that or something like that. And I think that's the first time that I really um, hung out with Murray and and met all those guys. Although I could have met him at some random show before that. Yeah. You know, really talk but that's the first time that we really hung out and um from from then on it seemed like all of us were kind of like in the same group like we'd have parties and everybody would be invited and we would all see each other at shows and all just hang out but um it totally is a community dude that's what i'm yeah we built like a the i we got we got lucky enough to be accepted in that family of people and it it was like the golden years you know like having the pound as like a central hub for everybody was I'm, I'm so grateful to have those years dude yeah for sure so much fun yeah. so much craziness dude you were there the the night that the dude tried to bring the gun into the deed show yes yeah yeah that, that was like the last deeds of flesh show right that was when they they definitely well yeah some somehow they falsely got connected to that guy and they were eighty sixed for a while forever I guess they never played no we again, played right? we played with was it we played with Matt oh, yeah we, they, they were came back for bloodletting that yeah, was yeah. like the first time they were oh that like, that wasn't the bloodletting that that you guys were on no no I was there just as a fan that night that was actually a night that Murray. I, I probably already told this story. I think definitely told the story, but Murray fucking like was protecting uh, me, my brother, Dan, his young, younger brother. And I was like, dude, this is the first time I really feel like Murray's a brother, dude. He's family. Like this dude really cares about us enough to where he like threw us in a corner and like was what's up motherfuckers. Like in his Adidas fucking, uh, <laughs> Well, it was not the shell toes. He would wear the fucking the the cholo style fucking Adidas. What are those called? I can't remember, dude. But he would always wear those. He had his flight jacket or whatever. (laughs) Fucking love Murdoch, dude. Yeah. After um, after Rob passed away, and um, there was some there was like a memorial show that actually we like raised money for the funeral and stuff. And Murray had a, a broken arm or wrist or something from like fighting or something yeah and so he couldn't play so i played bass for severed savior for like two shows sick because of oh, that nice. and uh my farah who, who used to work at the pound her husband jake 
just like a couple weeks ago was like, what's up with Murdoch? He's like, that dude used to always have a broken wrist or something from fighting someone. Yeah, yeah. And I, was like, I was like, you're talking about something from like 20 years ago, dude. Like, he was yeah, all yeah. about Bra- Brazilian jiu-jitsu and shit. Right. Yeah. I'd come at him, dude, and I'd all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, shit, my arm's up my back now, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, Murray was in that, like, training phase where he was just, like, the most, like, cut he's been and stuff. Like, running into that guy when he was, like, like had a few drinks in him. Like, that was something special. That guy fucking, that guy definitely came at you gnarly, dude. I remember seeing him at a Rock the Bells once, and he just fucking, I'm, like, sitting there, like, smoking a fucking blunt that someone handed me for Snoop Dogg, and I'm just, like, like I'm stoned and drunk. And I see him. He's like, what's up? And just he runs full bore at me and just like tackles me on the ground. And we just like hug in the shoreline fucking grass. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's Murray on one, you know. Dude, you're getting tackled by Murdoch during Snoop Dogg while you're smoking a blunt. That's a great story. Yeah, that's pretty legit. That's so yeah, good. it's happened. Did, didn't he like like body slam one of our uh, acquaintances? Oh, Mike. Well, he. Mike yeah. was taking his. You know what? Off, I got dude. that jersey. I'm gonna go put it on right now. I'm gonna go grab that. Murray <laughs> sent me a second jersey, dude. Dude. Oh uh, hell yeah, dude. dude! The red one, the odious yeah, one, dude. I have that one too. I should go change right now. Hell yeah, dude! Why not? Um, yeah, Anyways, dude. So. Mike was Mike was being a his Mike was being Mike in Mike Marinkovic. He was uh, getting down all weird, and he decided. He, I don't know why he decided to start taking his pants off, but he started mooning us and Murray was just not down with him, dude. So he literally just yeah. choked him out. And then I didn't see Mike for the rest of the set. I don't know <laughs> where he went. <laughs> Damn. I know. I've, heard all, I've heard all these stories about Murray like that, but I've never actually seen him, it, him be mean like that or, yeah. you know, like, like fight anybody and, I think in all reality, he was probably he probably already knew who Mike was, and he wasn't really being crazy. But yeah, he he definitely was. He had a lot of that fucking aggression when we started hanging out for sure. But if he if you were a homie, you're all good. He would when I say the arm of the back thing. I, he obviously was playing around with me. He wasn't trying to hurt me. You know, right. there it is. What up, dude? Odious. Shout out to Murray. Mersey. The sleeves, too, man. Dude, Jeff, you got one of these from him, too, right? Yeah, he's the second one. Yeah. Just recently. Yeah. Just wanted to thank Murray for this. That's amazing. Awesome. You guys started talking about the like different. You wanted the red one with the different things and yeah, dude, the logos on yeah. the back and shit. What's up? Yeah, Look. Murray's awesome. Send so you Jeff, send you, there too. You, Jeff, you got one too, <laughs> yeah, right? I got one. Dude, it's the Cali Death fucking basketball team. Under we gotta I actually play a game. Right. There's Somebody gotta be a time. But I, I posted mine like, yeah. when's, when's the actual game gonna occur? Exactly. Should, yeah. Now shit. it's gotta be more like a tournament. I feel like there's yeah. more than enough. Yeah. For two It's like at least a four team setup going yeah. at this point there's like already like a music video with friends of his like rappers like wearing their <laughs> yeah. jerseys in the music video i haven't watched it yet but i, I saw that dude's from pacifica too yeah <laughs> yeah really? dude oh, yeah. yeah well murray murray lived in pacifica for a while it's actually murray Kate started coming to pacifica because of us <laughs> and he ended up living here yeah. and uh All right. so um, yeah whoever he made friends with it obviously one of the dudes is a rapper and and he's close enough to get a mersey yeah mersey dude <laughs> uh 
Jeff, I just want to make sure we hit like uh, anything else that you're oh, like yeah. playing, Questions. endorsing. Like I know you're doing some stuff for Dark Glass. I just got one of the neural uh, plugins for them. Uh, I don't even remember which one to be honest, but uh, it sounds sick. And uh, like, <laughs> what are you playing for them, and and what are you using from them? So um, for neural, I really like the um, the Omega plugin. The Soldano plugin. I think the Omega is probably the best one. The Fortin one's good. Um, but actually, I just got uh, duh, 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 the Neural Quad Cortex. Fuck yeah. My wife actually um, got it for me for our anniversary. Joel, you're here yeah. just in time. <laughs> I was like, damn, is that the fucking. Yeah, I asked I your question, question basically. Yeah. The, uh, the flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, so my wife got it for me for my anniversary, and you know, um, the, the guys hooked me up with it as as well. Um, Lauren, the uh, works for Neural. Neural, he's the uh, A&R guy for Dark Glass as well. He's a good friend of mine. Okay, nice. So that's basically going to be my bass rig from now on. I don't need to bring a tuner. I don't need to bring any stupid pedal board with any crap because um, I could basically profile my tones out of whatever I want and then send them directly to the soundboard four of them even if i want so i, m I remember uh using the uh when the you know sand zamp was the big thing this you know everyone used the sure. sand zamp for uh, like there'd be times where you know we were on like summer slaughter like these big tours and shit and uh you know like there's fucking ten thousand bands shit everywhere like it's just like a fucking clusterfuck it's like it's too much so i basically like I was like, well, you know, the front of house is only hearing my fucking sans amp. You know, I, the yeah. the the bass rig is only for me and to hear and like to push air on stage. Like, there's no real reason for me to like lug this eight by ten around with you know with the 150 pound head. No, I'm not. Basically, I'm just like, like fuck this. So I basically I would take pictures of it. It'd be like this little tiny, you know, this little tiny pedal, and I'd like go back to the audience like there's like two thousand people and i'm like this is my fucking rig like everyone's got their like fancy like tones and sounds and whatever they want i'm like dude like i just have it come through my monitor and you know a little bit out of everyone's monitor and it's fine like for those big stages you know you don't really i mean it is nice to have that fucking air pushing you know I've, there's been times on tour with suffocation and stuff where i'm playing out of derek's rig where it's like it was like three eight by tens or whatever and like two you know 1500 watt fucking edens going through and it's like the whole stage is shaking but uh you know i'm not wasn't at that pay grade so i was like fuck it you know just everyone can hear it it just pay the sound guy just be like hey make it so everyone can hear it and that's all i needed you know yeah before um well before i got this what i've been doing for the past several years is i have um dark glass x ultra this one um you know oh, yeah, yeah. It has a built-in crossover you know so you distort the yeah. high end keep the low end clean and compress it so i would use this um with actually another compressor and so that would be like the distorted tone that would go to the sound guy and then mm -hmm. i have a neve direct box that would be the clean one that would go to the sound guy and then he would mix those two and then he would also send that through my monitor. So in Europe, we have this rig that like our backline company has or whatever, that's absolute crap and peg rib rig. So yeah. what everybody's hearing is directly from the pedals and that 
Dark Glass X Ultra, it has amazing cabinet sim simulators. So it sounds like you're playing through this amazing rig. Totally. So with the Quad Cortex, I can profile that tone. Yeah. And profile a clean rig and send those two tones and, and it's all done. That's awesome, man. No, that's uh, actually uh, Trevor, one of my best friends, his roommate, he got the the new Nolly. Is it Dark Glass? I think the the new Nolly Dark Glass. That one where it's like got all these like separate. You press a certain button and you can. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a trippy one, man. That's a. It's, it's yeah. just did a recording session, right, with his new band. What's it? Yeah, called? yeah. Worship? No, he used he actually. So for that band, he actually thought about uh, Jeff. You probably even heard about this bass. It was uh, there's that he was you know wanting to buy it because he's got these Zon fucking six thousand dollar bases you know like these custom bases he's all i'm not gonna bring these fucking things on tour you know so he was like we were, we were uh, he hit me up and was like what do you think i should like buy to like be a uh, something to like you know throw not a throwaway but something that could get fucked up and i won't be sad about you know not a custom made that i had every detail mapped out and uh he initially brought up that music man has the a, a dark glass circuit in the actual fucking like base now what's that like five grand no that that one was it was it might have been a sterling then but i think it was like 2800 something like that okay. i was gonna say i just heard that the the dark glass the dark ray base is what it's called okay five g's yeah i mean i i told him because he asked me what i thought about it and i was like i mean for me being the nervous nelly that i don't want anything to go wrong on stage i was like I don't know about having like that rig inside your base is a good idea. I don't for me, like I think of everything going wrong. So I'm like having that active electronics dark glass, like fucking brain inside of your base kind of scared me a little bit. And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know. For me, I get, I get worried, you know, like, and then you're, you have no base. I don't know. Like if right. that thing goes down, but, uh, we, we, we ended up uh, with the MTD, like one of those, like uh 2600. Okay. Like, Cause I guess their band speaking of guitar center, like, their band, someone in Guitar Center got it, you know, eight hundred dollars off, like MTD. So How does Guitar like a... Center make any money with all these dudes that are just hooking people up? Well, dude. you know, they went bankrupt and then they... see they've gone bankrupt like nine <laughs> times. Yeah, <laughs> and they wonder why, dude. They got all bankrupt when I was working for them in 2011. Like when I worked for I worked for them for about a year, and they went bankrupt. And uh, it was Mitt Romney's company that actually bought it, like Bain Holdings. They bought it for oh, like really? a like a some sort of an investment yeah they were really going to, i mean i was like oh this is the end like fuck here we go and it's like during the economic downturn in like 2010 11 so it was like i was and i literally to that interview i literally showed up and there was like 15 other people going for just to sell guitars is all it was so that was the the guitar salesman with like briefcases and fucking like college degrees and like like all this shit like fucking full suits and stuff and i'm just sitting there and i like have like a basic like button up on and I just chugged like a monster energy drink and I'm having an anxiety attack. <laughs> and uh, like, um, yeah, I remember like fucking pitching myself to everyone. I was like, I was like freaking out. And at the very end, they were like, so put yourself in my position. Who would you hire in this whole group of people? It was like 15, 20 people. And everyone said me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and man. I was like, whoa, I was like freaking out the whole time. I'm like, holy no, shit, no. I crushed it, dog. Like, like, but yeah, that was like how competitive. I remember uh, Brandon from the Faceless went to a. He told me he went to a movie theater interview to be a ticket ripper at a movie theater during the 2009 2010. And he said there was like 
people with like gnarly college degrees there, like trying to get the job. That's how bad it was. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, yeah. that's how crazy it was. But yeah, those bases. I mean, um, so Warwick. So how did you? So Warwick is Framus too, right? Framus Warwick. Yeah. So how did you get connected with them? I might have been pissing when you talked about it, but. Um. No, I haven't talked about it. Um, okay. <laughs> so actually, how I got hooked up with them was uh, from Derek Boyer. Okay. He the, um, the old rep, Chris Kunitz. And so when, when I did that tour with Rings of Saturn, Derek was playing bass for Decrepit Birth. Okay. And, you know, you know, I've known Derek for like over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back when I was in Vile and he was in uh, Deprecated. Deprecated. So... Um, I, I was saying, I don't know, we were just bullshitting and I was talking about how like Warwick was basically my favorite bass brand and, you know, it would just be amazing to be able to have anything to do with that. And so he's like, oh, I know Chris, Chris Kunitz. He's a super cool dude. I'll like, I'll, I'll send an email. And, and so Chris was kind of like, it was funny. It was one of those things he was, he was like, okay, well you can, you can send me this and I might be able to give you this deal. And then he was like, you're the dude from brain drill. And he's like, Oh, um, well I have the seven string that's just sitting in the, the custom shop here in New York and damn, uh, maybe I'll just send it to you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so he sent it to me um, right before I got the six feet under gig. And so after I got the six feet under gig, it was just like, Oh dude, you're just like a hundred percent artist. You can just have whatever the fuck you want, you know? That's awesome. That's sick. And, things, and so I've, I have three custom shop Warwick seven strings that, you know, has been part of the endorsement and um, things have changed a lot there. And there's been tons of people that have left. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't endorse things because I can get something for free. Mm -hmm. I do it because I, I believe in what they do and I believe in the instruments. And so even if, they were like, we're not going to endorse anybody ever again. I would still probably buy their instruments because I love them. And so I've, I'm one of the few people that have stuck around and, you know, I'm in it for whatever. And, you know, um, I don't know if you guys know about like they did the base camps before where they would basically fly in every artist and even other people that aren't even associated with the company just for like a big party every year. Sick. And so I, awesome. I did that three times and it, it was insane. <laughs> they, they fly you in, they put you up in a nice hotel, they feed you well, and you're hanging out with Billy Sheenan and Devin Townsend and like everybody you can imagine. They're all, they, they take you just to go party with these people. So that's awesome. I, I have insane respect for uh, Hans Peter. He's the owner of the company and everything that they do for everyone. And so yeah, I'm I'm Warwick for life. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome that you randomly like get in touch with them. They have a seven string just laying around. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Yeah. It was like, like, well, well we, we got, got this thing on the wall. It's the audio yeah, again, not, man. Like, You're a robot again, dude. You're a robot again. Your custom shop is insane. Your your voice is all roboty again, dude. Oh, that's that's like, yeah, <laughs> it like all it just so oh. it's so funny how it's just like kind of there and then all of a sudden, boom! It's just like in your face. Worst case, dude. <laughs> well, actually, you, yeah, you do the do the same thing. 
We're gonna have to let him know. Wait, that sounded normal. No, no. <laughs> no, it didn't. Did. No, did. Sorry. Yeah, do a quick restart. We got you. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Remember time for Casey. It's ten fourteen. Ten fourteen. I'll text. Ten fourteen. Right so like give him like ten twelve or ten thirteen. <laughs> Poor Casey. I think he's he, not gonna be able to let him in for like he's probably doing that. He probably had to get a he probably had to walk away because of how it already sounded. No, no, I texted him in the group chat. I was, it was like a little farty, and I was like, just let it fart, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just let it fart, dude. It's like uh, Tom and Christina. He just always... let it go. I mean, it wasn't that no, bad. So I was like, Tom to Christina, he always says, uh, let those tits fart. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, sounds like, <laughs> that's like my fucking mantra. <laughs> well, no, we should. A... We should what? Oh, probably wrap it when he gets back. Yeah, we're kind of uh he's not I mean, it's just the talking isn't it's kind of not going. I mean, we also cut him off a million times in the middle of him talking about stuff, so we got so Yeah, we we all did that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we all did that. <laughs> yeah. We all did that. I tried cuz I saw like he was like right to get in the middle of something and we would just like divert into like this like deep story into something else and I was like looking at him like fuck, you probably forgot the story, didn't you? <laughs> like little, yeah. Kelly, this is I think this is too. might be the drunkest episode. I think I'm all right. <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm fucking like, I mean, Casey's drunk. I'm you know, drunk. In reality, dude, I'm, like, I'm fine. I've had I mean, one one beer, one seltzer. Yeah, I've had. Uh, this Chico is my seventh. Is. Dude, this one sucks. It's uh, Carl Schwartz. What is it? Carl, Carl Strauss. Schwartz. But what the... well, you want to see Casey come back? We were like, dude, the podcast is over. Don't. <laughs> We ended it, dude, without you, dude. No, yeah, we ended joking. it, dude. We were going in the for post like an pod. Hour. No, just joking. Uh, Jeff <laughs> had a robot again. voice again. Yeah, the robot got Android again. Oh, shit. Oh, we yeah. saved the time. It was 10 14. It was like oh, a little farty, and then it just was like, yeah, we got to save it, though. It's Keep like it. 10 14, dude. Those things are funny, though, dude. Here we go. Here he comes. No worries. Sorry, guys. I had to get a little snack. It's all good. It's dinner time. <laughs> Yo. Hello, hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, hi. All right. Uh, well, so, obviously, this computer has a time limit before it turns into a robot. <laughs> I know, dude. It's crazy, and it, it like gives you a little bit of a warning, and we're like, "Oh, it's chill, dude. We can go for like four or five minutes, and then boom! All of a sudden, you're just like, yeah. complete this is Android <laughs> machine, <Whoa>. dude." <laughs> Do you want to go um, back to where you were talking about from that? Time? I don't even know. About? I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> we were talking about, about some Warwick something or other. Oh, Warwick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Warwick. We were on the Warwick shit. That, but it that wasn't, stuff it was wasn't usable. That, yeah, that yeah. stuff that stuff's keepable. Okay. Yeah. All the Warwick stuff was keepable. It's just like after that, it was just like. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> all well, right. So what else should we add to this before I cut all this out? So you guys want to <laughs> anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I was going to talk about one other project. Cool. Yeah, go for, go for it, dude. Yeah, go for it. Um, so I got this new project uh, with Dusty actually. Nice. Oh shit. Um, that basically about well, it was about a year ago. I had this one song that I, I wanted him to do some stuff for, and it was the same time you know he did some vocals on that new Deeds of Flesh album, mm-hmm. and so he recorded it here at my house. And uh, so at the same time, we, we recorded this new song 
and it just came out so amazing. I was like, maybe we should just, you know, do like a whole project, like do a whole it. album. Yeah. And so, you know, he has a son who's five years old, who's friends with my son. And so like they come nice. over and kids play and like we do our thing. Um, and so I just started pulling riffs out of my ass and, you know, you know, doing the thing. And um, we have almost a whole album now. Sick. And so I do all the guitar and bass mostly. And then, um, yeah, it's really killer coming out. What style of music is it? What's, what style? Straight death metal, brutal death metal. You know, nice. uh, it's all very concise. We cut off the fat. There's no bullshit. It's, you know, brutal riffing. Um, oh, yeah. We got uh, actually just today, I was Skyping with this guitarist that I got on there. And if you guys haven't heard of this guy, you got to check him out. Roy Marchbanks. You heard of him? Mm-mm. No? Roy Marchbanks. Casey, you heard of Roy Marchbank? <laughs> this guy is like the fastest guitar player in the world. Damn. No bullshit. Like you'll you'll watch this guy and and it, it's mind blowing. So, anyways, I just I I found out about him from the, the guy in Australia that I did some session work for. And uh so I just hit him up and I was like, hey, can you do the solo? So he started working on the solo about four months ago. And so he's like, Oh, I'm gonna be done with it soon. It's just a little harder than I thought. He literally worked on it for four months because he wants to do the whole thing in one take. Damn, damn. So this is this guy, they actually there's a lot of people that are like, oh, it's not real, it's MIDI. So he'll he will Skype with people just to prove to them mm -hmm. that he can play as fast as as he can actually play. So, anyways, randomly he just he finished the solo like a week or two ago and he wanted to Skype with me. So this morning we were Skyping, he lives in Ireland and just talking about the metal scene in general and you know what he does and stuff like that and the guy is absolutely mind-blowing like how hard he works on it but i'm gonna post this video um maybe tomorrow or so he does this run where he he's using his thumb so he's like damn the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen but I, i'm just amazed that more people don't know about him i mean we got all you tech guys and i remember coming over to your guys's house like when we when I was in brain drill and KC would always be on the computer, like playing these Jason Becker videos and these random shred. <laughs> I would think that sure. all people would probably know who he was, but yeah, definitely I'm, go check him out. Sorry, to I keep him sorry now, man. I There's know. so many fucking good musicians now, dude. It's so hard for me to keep up with work, the kids podcast, <laughs> new odious album starting to write, you know, it's like, Oh, you guys obviously already wrote your shit and i'm talking about lyrics but yeah like all that shit, it's like so many slivers there's not a yeah. sliver of time for me to find new shit i need people to give it to me and then i need to yeah. find the time to listen to it you know because i like to actually give my time to a new thing to really make sure that i'm have the right you know feeling about it i don't, I don't want to go one ear at work while i'm doing some shit you know it's like i want both ears no no distractions just mute and those times for me are it's few and far between now you Dude, know? anthony i just checked out roy marchbank while you were talking like you can literally just check this guy out you don't need your full attention <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm basically saying I need people to change my diaper, put my headphones on, and press play for me. Just tell me. <laughs> the insane. No, I, yeah. I, it's, it's, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's unreal. Yeah. That guy's sick. You're right, dude. Oh, yeah. So if he solos to, on, on the Dusty project. Yeah. If you go to his, what's Instagram, that? You guys got a name? What's that called? Um, Dark Side of Humanity. Dark Side of Humanity. Yeah. So we have, this is the first time I'm saying anything about it. We have no like social media, nothing. We've just been working on this and yeah, super killer stuff. So this is my first time even talking about it. That's awesome, awesome, man. I'm I mean, I was a severed fan before I was in it. So, you know, I love Dusty's vocals and I'd love to hear them again, you know? And he's not a, you know, it's weird because on, on Severed, you know, there was it was mostly all low, right? Yeah. It was all, all low stuff, and there's a lot of high, and there's a lot of, like, double low high things going on. So it's it's literally us just being idiots in my garage recording and just having a good time. And, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. That's so what it's all about, dude. I was just about to say, that's, the, those projects are the ones that you look back on and you've, you have appreciation and love for you know where you're just two dudes that are like longtime homies and getting creative in the moment together you know yeah that 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 vibe is 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 a drug dude that's why we all still fucking (laughs) do this shit you know yeah hell yeah and when you get it right when it hits that when you hit that pocket it's that's what keeps you coming back dude where you had a good day and you're like oh shit we fucking we did a lot today, you know, or just like those old band practices, you know, like you work your full day, whatever. And like you get to band practice or whatever. And like you let it all out and things fucking hit. And, you, you know, those those that's actually what I miss the most is just like fucking getting together, looking at each other in the eye and jamming with like the live raw sound. And like mm-hmm. after the song, we could like talk about, uh, you know, we fucked that up, whatever, you know, like. And just like laughing and making jokes. I love and the like, laughing parts when somebody when when somebody fucks up and everybody re- realizes <laughs> yeah, yeah, and laugh yeah. at each other. But you're still going. You're still like, you didn't train wreck. We're all good. We're fucking back in the pocket, but we're laughing about it now. I've never been in a serious enough band where like someone fucked up and then people are looking at you like, dude, you need to work on that. Like, what do you do? Like, it's never. It's always been <laughs> like, ha. Huh? It's like, ah, like, shit, let's oh, fucking dude, do like, it that again. Happened to like, me. Uh, that happened to me and decrepit all the time, dude. We oh, yeah, that. yeah. Probably uh, <laughs> live, though. <laughs> that wasn't me, though. No, an odious practice was never like that, though. No, it was always like, oh, fuck. We, we would try and save it as much as all of us could possibly... Yeah. And then if we train wreck, we just, fuck it. Dude. Odious, it was like again. existential. Like, why did this happen? Like, hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. We're all too like, high to realize why it happened. Yeah, it just didn't work. <laughs> I think that yeah. with with the whole band practice thing, I I really haven't had a band practice thing for well over a decade. I miss it, dude. But there's there's so much there's so much bullshit involved. Too, you know you got people that like don't show up on time and yeah you know the, the whole thing with life but there can be so much resistance when you have different people with different opinions mm-hmm. and when i can just go and like write something and put exactly what my idea is and then like dusty comes in and, and then he's got his ideas and then it's just it's seamless and there's no bullshit and yeah, yeah. i know 
that a band can be like that. I just feel like in my situation, I haven't had many times that it was like that. Yeah. I think it's well, our, like, our relationships. I mean, that's what I'm thinking yeah, as you're talking. It it's like the, these guys are my best friends. So when that was happening, exactly. it's, it, we're on a different level and we're on the, all on that level together. You know, it's, yeah. we're in it with each other, everybody else, you know, the things that you're, the situations that you're talking about, those people are in it as an individual, you know, they're not, and it's not teamwork, you know, it's not brotherhood. It's not any of that. It's, it's totally. using that as, as like a, uh, a crutch to get them out and keep whatever. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They're doing it for themselves and for themselves only. I was always in these groups for everybody, dude. I wanted everybody to be happy all the time as much as we could be happy even if we're living off granola for two days dude we're fucking <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're still gonna laugh at shit we're still gonna fucking listen to good music while we're on the road you know we're gonna try and make this thing as comfortable as we possibly can that's where i was at and yeah. and same thing with you and dusty like you guys have a long history like of course it's gonna work that way why wouldn't it work that way right and that's why you guys now have a fucking album's worth of material that you're stoked on because you guys made it together and you guys are homies. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, that's Simple that, that makes a huge like a huge difference in like just joining a band or something where like it's a bunch of people you don't know and like if you fuck up like they might be whispering in the background or something. You know, they're like it's some of this weird drama filled shit. It's your friends. It's like oh, you know, I fucked it up. It's fine. Dude, like, I, haven't you know? spoken to, I haven't spoken to Dusty in a very long time, and we got kids that are all the same age, dude. Like, why haven't we done this? We need to do this now. Yeah. You know? I, get I, didn't, um, I didn't see Dusty for about five years, mm -hmm. and then I, I ran into it at, at a Cannibal Corp show. And Me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that was the first time I'd seen him in a while, and then I saw him at like a Rush show. Nice. And uh, a couple years later, but I mean, we really didn't hang out for literally ten years. Yeah, and so it's about, it the, was, it's about the same for me, dude. Yeah, so he he it was probably 2018, the first time they came over to our house and we all hung out, and um, yeah, so it's kind of like you know a new beginning, and he hadn't really sung that much, and so he was he was honestly like nervous about it. And he just came in and killed it. I was like, dude, I didn't know that, you know, he, he kept it up. It's still in but him. Yeah. Whether he was practicing or it's just in him, he just he just had it. Mm -hmm. It's weird running into him again because that was that was the same show. I was like out there with like it was like Cannibal and I was like a member of Cannibal or something like that. And Dusty was there too, like talking to him and outside the outside Slims. And uh, it was I was like, Metro, what the bro. fuck? Was it the Metro? Yeah, it might have yeah. been the Metro. <laughs> but uh, I literally saw Dusty and I was it's like down the street. But or no, no, I'm thinking of fucking DNA. It was Metro. OK, so I'm, I'm seeing Dusty again. And I'm like, like, I'm, you know, had a few few beers and stuff and just was like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking break this goddamn ice. That's fucking whatever. And I uh, went over and it was just like no time had passed. It was like just saying like hearing his voice talk again and like all the things like the conversation stuff just brought back so many memories of just like me being a kid and, 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 you know, me being younger and, and playing with ODS and stuff when he was coming to my house all the time, like it literally broke, it broke down all the, all the things. And I was like, fuck man, you were part of like, 
like the the crew that we hung out with that i hearing him just talk and like like i don't know it really yeah. just like was kind of like a it was a it was a major experience we for me. all remember, dusty dan and i all experienced odious mortem at the same time we heard it all at the same time and i can even tell you that on the way back from because we came down there before we heard your album heard devouring and um we listened to it on the way back because uh david had burned us some copies to take home and dusty literally like either had to piss super bad we were in traffic on highway one broad daylight he just jumps out of the car goes and pisses in a bush and jumps back in but as as we're listening to devouring but at the we're like this is crazy shit dude like we didn't ex we didn't expect odious to sound like that you know it was just something very different and i don't know why i brought up odious in this conversation but it was just a, a situation that dusty came down to santa cruz and we all experienced something together that's what i'm remembering yeah. all how, of this how as we're talking talk about you odious. Know? how dare you <laughs> but yeah no Dusty bringing dusty down to santa cruz was like dude it was like a always a thing. Dusty would always come down there. Yeah, One yeah. of the first things we did together was go down to Santa Cruz, hang out with you guys, and fucking go to Streetlight. I still remember like like me and him smoking a cigarette in the patio of the Thunderdome, and him going like, "I got a new track for a song, dude. It's called Inverted and Inserted, dude." Like he was like <laughs> he was so stoked on it. He was like, "Dude, Inverted and Inserted, dude. I'm gonna fucking put it all over the merch and do everything yeah. like that." And like I was like, "Damn, that actually fucking." For like what we were going for back then, I'm like, that's fucking perfect, dude. That's so like, a little yeah. inside baseball for the listeners. That song was already written with different lyrics when Dusty was in the band. I had to uh, rewrite that song. Yep. Yeah. So I go recorded for Dusty's demo for that at my house in Boulder Creek. Yeah. So I had this. Um, it was a small house. It was like a two bedroom house. So in the room that I had all my music stuff in he would go record in the closet. So there was always this joke about coming out of the closet. <laughs> but there, I remember there, there was a full demo that we had for Inverted and Inserted with him. There's some physical yeah. copies of, uh, there's, there's a Servile Insurrection song demo that I also rewrote the lyrics for, used his exact patterns. Yeah, I think there was two songs that I recorded the demos for. Yeah. And there's some live footage of them doing those songs with him. He had inverted and inserted. Actually, I he had different patterns and stuff. That was all. I did the patterns that I did. He did the patterns that he did. But Servile was totally same patterns that he had on the demo. I just redid the lyrics. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Based on a Man is the Bastard 7-inch cover, A Pile of Humans. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, dude, a pile of humans with a politician at the top, like having a good time smoking a cigar. And I was wow. like, there's a song right there. And that's Servile Insurrection. So read that and you'll understand. It was a man is the bast man is the bastard, seven inch. Isn't it like a pile of skulls? Uh, yeah, whatever it was, dude. It literally <laughs> was a poster in the bathroom of the furniture yeah, dome. Yeah. It was probably David who put it up, but it was literally yeah, we, a pile of we bones and skulls. Yeah. And dude, which I love that band. But it literally was that cover that that 
sparked the idea to write all the lyrics to survival insurrection rad dude i think that's like san diego bands i think it's like the locust and like those old it's that power or early power violence only oh you actually did to bring it back around that's a band that played only bass bass drums and a dude who had like a joystick that would like oh yeah he would like had a joystick. he had a joystick that it was like a homemade machine that would make like a chirping noise that he would like play with the the pitch and and frequencies and fucking tempo of the sound just off a joystick right am i am i tell am i right casey yeah dude i think so dude it's like weird it's a weird offshoot of like punk man is the bastards from like though. 97 san diego style it's like claremont it's like like mid san diego i was like looking at it yeah dude yeah, no, geography. It's, dude, it's early early like heavy bass shit dude it's all about tarantula hawk dude that yeah. band is the shit dude Everyone should check out Tarantula Hawk. Isn't that funny that they're San Diego too, right? Are yeah, they San dude. Diego? Fuck yeah. yeah dude. So it's like the Fuck Locust yeah. and Tarantula like Hawk. Two bass players like, with like like sequencers and like But they're it, both like I saw them back in like the late like, 90s. A Tarantula Hawk is like a crazy insect. The locust yeah. is a crazy insect. Dude, it's like it's so good. Like also that that, that band Zombie on, on Relapse. Like they have songs that kind of sound kind of like Tarantula Hawk. Oh, okay. But this was like late '90s, and I saw them like you know like like I don't know if it was like with the Locust or Cattle Cattle Decap like way back like you know like the the, the first shows. Um, yeah, that Tarantula Hawk's like insane, dude. Hell yeah, I understand? Yeah. So we were on like the Servile Insurrection demo, yeah. and I don't know where else we were going <laughs> with that, but. Do you guys like uh, the weeds? We got deep into hawk territory. Do you like between the buried in me? Oh, oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Dude, of course. So I just got a notification on my phone that there's a new song for uh, Colors yes. Two. Yeah, dude. available oh, on my shit. phone right now. Which the first nice. Colors was fucking amazing, dude. Well, actually, you know, um, so Naveen down the street, fucking did you, that first it's one, on he that did the new song. Yeah, yeah, he did the drum solo on the new song. It's oh, like really? it's him, Mark Port, yeah, it's him, Mark Portnoy, it, dude. It's him, Mark There's Portnoy, Mike and the Portney? Mike Mike Portney. Who's that? And uh... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Joel. Hugo and Portnoy. Is it Mike Portnoy? <laughs> um, no, Ringo, no. <laughs> okay, Ringo Starr. It's the uh, who, who's the other Mike? It's not that Keith hard, Moon. Bro. Yeah, it's Keith yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark Portney. Uh, Mark <laughs> Portney and Navine uh, Copper <laughs> Beast. And uh, yeah. there's the other. Uh, I forget it. The drummer for I remember the other guy either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's they fucking just found that out who that was, but it's another big band. But anyways, and uh, and the drummer of Between the Bear and Me like go into this kind of like gospel chops in the middle of the fucking song, and they just go into a fucking gospel kind of like drum solo in the middle of the song. So sick, dude. I know. And speaking of which, I've been like sending a bunch of people this this message on like oh, Instagram, on. but sorry, that new gospel chops one by Eric Moore on his Instagram with that like. Oh, uh, you sent me that, but I haven't. I just saw that today. Watch reading, dude. It's so. Yeah, oh yeah, amazing. I'm sure Alex Bant was psyched. Yeah, dude. That's yeah, his yeah. homie. Shout yeah. out because that shit fucking rules. No, it's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, new. Uh, actually, me and uh Joseph and I guess Mike Keen are gonna go to the garden grove 
between the Bear to Me show. They're playing uh, the great misdirect all the way through, which is yeah, I'm going probably... to Spades, bro. Oh shit, my fucking ex hometown, dude. Yeah, oh, bro. That's gonna be my first show since you know the whole Brovid thing. Yeah, yeah, Brovid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to. Uh, I mean, me and Joseph too. We're going to um, the Psycho Fest with like Cannibal Cephalic and Immolation. Oh, nice. Bang Fetus. It's like Vegas? in the yeah Vegas, just like awesome. fucking Mandalay Bay, a bunch of fucking swimming pools and like fucking cephalic carnage. That's Sign amazing. me up. Yeah, that's gonna that's be uh. Dope. But now you, I mean, where I'm, are you gonna stay? Uh, Luxor. Oh, okay, next door. It's next door. But next uh, door I'm a little Luxor. getting a little worried about the numbers right now. The num. I mean, there's a little spiking with the COVID stuff, so I I, mm. I might get canceled. I might. Oh I mean, yeah, dude. I'm kind of thinking it could get canceled now because like. Looking at the stat sheet, yeah, it could fucking. I don't look at any of those sheets. I don't watch any news whatsoever. So that's I'm good. Glad that's a good move. On the everything. only reason why I look at the stat sheet is for concerts. That's the only Just, reason. Like I'm sad about you know I, the whole situation and stuff. I'm gonna see like, uh, Tom Segura in October, dude. I hope it fucking still. Yeah, with these well. big outdoor festivals, though, is what I worry about. Like people, a bunch of mass people getting together. Like I, that's an easy one to cancel, you know. So I'm like, fuck. Like, after all this shit, like, I finally spend, like, uh, thousands of dollars to go to this thing, and then it's just going to get canceled. I just have a feeling, you know? Well, yeah, dude. We may be... What can you do? Yeah. I mean, just not be an Ah. idiot and buy a bunch of fucking tickets all early, because fucking shit's not really over you're super excited for shit to be a possibility (laughs) again. I know, I know. Well, fuck yeah, Jeff. It was good to have you on, man. We're probably going to wrap it up right here. But, uh... I love love your beard. It's fucking yeah, perfectly man. symmetrical. Wait, I can't see the bottom of it though. I know. How how long does that thing so. go? Is that thing touching your nuts? Can you can you like uh, please stand up so we can see the oh, okay. Oh, there. there you it's go. got length, go. dude. Do you know it's approximately brand new, uh, how long it is? Brand new Deeds of Flesh shirt. Oh nice. Oh fuck yeah. Oh yeah. First time ever worn. Oh yeah. But it's got like biking length. It gets scraggly at the end, so you know, it's not as not That's gotta be hard to maintain, man. That's gotta be uh no, no. all you do is nothing. <laughs> you have beard products that makes it it's like it's like uh visine or fucking other shit like once you start using it you got to keep using it dude it's like chapstick oh, you know there my you line go. is when people come up to me and they're like dude nice beard i'm like all you have to do is nothing like you obviously did something to have that facial hair you, you have now literally do nothing yeah, that's what i would do on tour and stuff with like matt and everyone with like long hair and stuff i'd be like dude i'm buzzing my hair because i'm seeing all the maintenance you have to put into that and i'm not gonna fucking go down that road that's not gonna be a thing i have to do like no on, maintenance. yeah you just wake up it's like you just, gotta shave to this part so do you wake up do you ever pass out like it's just to the side and it just goes right back to the or like you roll over on it and you're like there's no beard cowlicks like pull yourself in a it, can, it can get a little bit out of control but i mean you just push it down and whatever. <laughs> didn't craig craig peters from deeds he said he could like use it as a blanket dude his hair is long enough to where he could use it. Oh, as the hair. Blanket. I was like talking about the beard. So I was like, Jesus. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't clarify. I was like, he uses <laughs> Jeff Hugel's beard as a blanket? <laughs> yeah, he uses Jeff's beard. I didn't know we were that good of friends, but I mean, yeah. You didn't know, dude? Craig, sleep, he sneaks into your window, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Blanket, dude. Happened. 
<laughs> well, again, dude, I appreciate you coming on and fucking yeah. hanging out. Yeah, it's, fucking, me, it's fucking awesome to have like fucking oh, yeah, some dude. part of the old pound. Yeah, Everything dude. got me into like one of the people that was around when I was first getting into it. And uh, I'm super dude, have you, you heard of, about Demon? <laughs> have you heard about Demon recently at now all? I have. Like, when was the last the time you he heard has about fuck Demon, the police dude? tattooed on his head? Fuck the police tattooed on his eyebrows, <laughs> severed savior tattooed on the back of his head. I, I haven't seen that dude in a very long time, yeah. Yeah, dude. He was just a, one of the regulars that you're just like, dude, wait, I don't even know your real name yet. I just know you as Demon. You no, know, he was a bouncer at the Cactus Club. <sighs> okay. Oh, yeah, met him. So before because... the pound, we would go to the Cactus Club like all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, back that was that was the San Jose spot. That was that was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking Fuck, yeah. demon, dude. Well, hope you're doing good, demon. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, right on everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on another Friday night for you guys. Um got more episodes for you guys coming soon. Every week fucking hit us up on facebook instagram youtube i want to get us on spotify enough of you guys are talking about it so we got to figure out how we're going to do that uh thank you to the new subscribers tell all your friends about it hit all those awesome buttons calidef.com uh jeff obviously hit up six feet under for all the fucking google six feet under for any six feet under merchandise and vile and all those other bands that you heard on this what episode, happens. you'll buy some shit from them. Yeah, if they got it for sale, for everything buy you it. guys do. You guys are doing something killer here, you know, getting all these sick metal heads on here. And I got plenty of friends that are that are into this and talking about it. So hell yeah, dude. Thank you guys yeah. for that. I mean, okay. I think that nice. we're yeah, we're hitting a nerve that uh all of us wanted to, to be hit, you know. Not just you guys, but it's us too, like being able to meet and talk to or old friends like right now dude jeff we wouldn't have had this time unless it was you decided to come on to the episode and do this right now because we're all so busy you know and we haven't hit shows like we used to so it's like i'm i'm glad that i was able to have a few hours or a couple hours with you tonight to see what you're up to Fuck and yeah. and hear all this shit that you've been talking about dude so it's like all all these all that's happening all these new people that i'm meeting it's like it, it's a great thing dude we're we're honored to have you on oh most definitely dude yeah yeah definitely yeah. honored dude Fuck you're, honored you're right in there in the in the core people that we we want to represent uh, alley death too. and you're in a uh 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 is it a like bass players magazine poll for like best oh i voted metal oh, yeah. bass system yeah, all time everyone oh, should all go time, everybody where they need to vote Everyone yeah, should go fucking insane. vote for Jeff, dude, because you are the best. It's on uh, Guitar World magazine. So. Nice, dude. Yeah, I, don't even, I don't even know how. Um, I kind of think I know how, actually. I got in that list. But <laughs> it's amazing and it's humbling that, that I could even be considered, and there's so many sick dudes that are not on the list, but um, just, just well, honor You're me. on it, dude, and you're well, the when best. the hordes of Cali Death fans go I know. Block I, to I, that I, voting. Block well, to cast that my vote. We'll yeah. get you there, Hell dude. Yeah. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Well, thanks, man. Nice. Well, sick. Everybody have a sick night. Uh, safe weekend, all that shit. And we'll see you guys next week. Rock on. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
Have a good evening. Thanks, bud. Right on, brother.